three. I hope that's not the closet in your apartment. Nope, it's not. <laughs> I wish that would be a sick use of a closet that doesn't get used. So, right, and you could be like, "Hey, ladies, come into my soundproof closet." Just killed. <laughs> just killed it. <laughs> I don't want that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Dodgeball Podcast. In this episode, I'll be recapping uh, kind of like the high-level events of the fifth annual Elite Dodgeball National Championships that took place uh, two weeks ago from, I guess, the time this aired. And uh, here to help me do so is Mark Acom. <laughs> it was, it was, that was fine. That was fine. It was oh, fine. man. Oh, well. One of these days, I'll get it right. Maybe, maybe next time. But uh, screw it. Let's just roll with this. Uh, Thanks for hopping on, man. It's been uh, what? Not even a full week has passed since uh, since Elite. Uh, how do you feel right now? Just. I mean, I'll be honest, man. I am depressed. Depressed. Yeah, it it was it was rough. Uh, like, all right. Well, let's dig into that a little bit. What do you mean, like, coming from a high depressed, or just not what you expected, or? It, it's like it's. It's a weird feeling because every year I kind of get to the end and it's kind of like a big weight off my back and it's like, oh, at last. And this year wasn't the case. Um, this year is different in that like there's more work to be done. Um, you know, there, there's, there's, no, there's no rest because uh, we, we got to go straight into WBDF um here in los angeles so that's gonna be that's a that's a six week sprint uh to then host the world championships um while it's a lot less teams there's a lot more riding on it yeah i'll say uh, the stakes are definitely a little bit higher for this next round and just because it doesn't encompass the elite family or the dodgeball community just like a select few um I can only imagine there's a lot riding on. I do want to kind of pry a little bit, but um, don't want to deter too much because I'm sure we'll get that. We'll get to that in future episodes. But um, yeah. aside from that, though, um, I was wondering actually if you, if you got a chance to like take a breather between now and Worlds, um, how does your body feel like from all the walking around? Because we talked about like the marathon, and um, I should have pulled up my Fitbit prior to this, but. It, it kind of coincided with what you're talking about, just a massive amount of steps. Um, I probably look like I needed to be on life alert from all the all the intensity of, of the heart rates. But um, have you physically recovered at least? You start there. I, I will say this, like shockingly, physically, this was the best I've ever felt after nationals. Um, I, even after pinch, like coming off of like a, uh, like a, a fairly minor knee injury. I was worried going into it and I didn't have a problem. And then also like seeing how my arm or hands felt afterwards, especially after pinch. Like I know like you have like swollen knuckles, anything like that. That's been all fine. Um, it, it was not the, the craziest in terms of like mileage, like I think I was somewhere around like between 30 and 35,000 steps each day. Um, 
other than that, like it's just mentally, mentally, this has been the most taxing year. Any uh, any reason in particular for that? Was it because of the increase of, of teams, or what contributed to the to the mental uh, change? That's um, not going to be like the most popular opinion here, and it's not going to be probably not what everybody wants to hear. But like, it was a lot of drama, and it was a lot of garbage people. It was a lot of people who either created drama or created problems or just the entitlement. Uh, like all I saw all weekend was Jake getting yelled at by people, Glenn getting yelled at by people, Vince getting yelled at by people. Like I was constantly bombarded by people and it was just it was so much negativity just around like entitlement that was so bad this year. Hmm. Like, like God bless Jake because we got through for the most part, almost all of round Robin in every division and everything ran on time People got to their shuttles. People had a great place to stay. We had a great party atmosphere. Everything in the logistical side of everything ran smooth, all thanks to Jake. Everything on the rules and player personnel and, like, you know, normal problems on the court like it was a god nightmare like i'm still losing sleep over it just because there's so many like there were so many things that just didn't need to be said so many things that like just it's so hard i know this is not like what you want to hear in your podcast of like oh great recap weekend but it's like kind of is uh, like i said man i'm depressed and like i won't lie like i haven't even had a chance to catch up with jake i wouldn't be surprised if he never attends another elite event again wow. like, i can't believe people thought it was okay to just yell at them like that it's just it wasn't cool at all people thought that like oh you work for me now like I'm paying to come to this event. So let me speak to your manager. Like that's what everybody's like. Not everybody's. I don't want to generalize everybody. Right. Like that was the kind of like overarching feel of the tournament. And it, it, from like the coordinating side, like maybe people didn't see it at all, but like, for God's sake, like I had to ref pinch just because things were getting out of control. Like people were screaming and yelling at refs, like yellow cards were going out left and right. Like it, we couldn't even keep up with the yellow cards. So that, that brings up some of the questions that came up in the threads that people produce. Um, one of them was, and I'm trying to find it in, uh, in the notes here, is, is why was Mark refing, I think like the last three matches and finals and then 
I, I repped it because uh, a couple things. Like one, after that weekend, like nobody wanted to ref anymore. The main reason was because, like, if anybody else would have refed outside of like Glenn or Vince or Jake or like Tim Wells, like nobody would have taken it, it, it seriously. Like people, like teams were so used to bullying the refs all weekend that the one, like the, the, the few people they know that they couldn't bully had to ref. And, you know, I, I like, I certainly took no while refing those, those matches Anytime a team wanted to come and speak, they were told to back up because I was talking to my refs and making a decision on what needs to happen. And so, like, you know, that's one of those things that I saw, like, this weekend is sometimes a ref might sit on his heels and, they, you know, what they need to do is, like, when there's something close, like, don't be afraid to stop play, step on the court, back both teams up to the line come in as refs and figure out where you need to be. Like what's that decision that needs to be made, come to the consensus, make a decision and start play. And it was one of those things that could have gone absolutely out of hand, even with some of the best refs that we have. And so it was just kind of like, the, the way the weekend had gone, I just was not leaving anything up to chance and I just needed like I had great refs on that court. You know, Felix is is well respected amongst the college guys. I'd like to think I have the respect amongst the elite people. We had basically team captains that had been eliminated do lines. Um, so that that that's why I ended up refing that that last the the last what three or four matches. Dang. Yeah, that was bad. Yeah, I so when I read that question, I'm, I'm trying to find who asked it because it because silly me. Lucas asked it. Yeah, like, he, why, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure he asked it. I think I lost it buried in, in the questions that he submitted. So we'll we'll just credit him with that one. But yeah, silly me. I uh, scheduled the flight a little too early, so I got to miss pinch despite my talking about how excited it was, I was to watch it. It was absolutely spectacular. Like it. it I think every year pinch delivers the most exciting semis and finals. I don't, I, I would, I would say feel free to argue with me, but year one doom versus task force task force goes to throw or no. So doom goes to throw and it's Nate versus two Nate throws uh, hits a player, it launches over, the other player goes to dive and catch it, fumbles it, both out. One person takes out two people for the championship. Yeah. The year after that might have been the most exciting one because that was Task Force versus Dynasty, and that was the one where the players played so hard and so intense that it, Glenn collapsed from exhaustion. Uh, year three, we've got um, uh, who do we have? We have Dynasty and TC Bush. TC Bush had uh, no one had would have guessed that they'd be in the pinch finals. They came, 
Derek Johnson was putting on a clinic and catching super close. I, I want to believe that Dynasty actually had to come back to win that one. I could be wrong in that. But I remember like having to watch that because it was so exciting. Last year, uh, Corruption was the Cinderella story. Who didn't win a single round-robin game, comes flying all the way to the end and takes, what, second place? to dynasty like it was a great cinderella story run uh and then this year uh you know dynasty had to come back against panch or titan whatever we're calling them they had to uh then also beat notorious twice which notorious was firing on all cylinders at that moment um and you had, a, a, again, a, 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 a one-on-four, one-on-five. Bailey comes from nowhere. Like, it's time to put him out the pasture and let him stud. The Kevin Bailey? Yeah. He's he like 21 years old. He's got... He's like perpetually 18. <laughs> yeah, he's... And, like, he just has just a, an absolute wicked um, just pinch throw. And he... Wow. Like body control. Yeah, I mean, so Sergio uh, Leone's always he's always kind of pushed me towards pinch, and he made the comment of we're in the north, we're like in the pinching heartland or pinching territory, and so I was like really excited for it and really bummed that I that I missed out. And um, you mentioned Notorious, I don't think I've ever seen them before, but watching them in open, they look like they were pretty jazzed up already. So I, I was just wondering what they would look like. Um, in, in, they look like pinch. a team of linebackers. Yeah, they're just solid bricks. Like uh, they, they're just built. Um, so I was, I was excited to see how they would do, and I was excited to watch Panch or, or Titan or whatever, because um, I, I made that confusion too when I was watching one of the one of the stream games. But um, aside from you know the the negativity, because um, I, I do want to get back into that deal though. But um, was there anything else in, in Pinch that you noticed that was just like? holy crap or did you feel like it was more intense because we're we're in the north or just like uh especially I since thought, like you know i i did like having 22 teams for pinch like that was awesome i think that there was definitely some teams who i i, I don't want to single them out here but they it was definitely their first round of of pinch ever and their eyes were opened of like holy crap this is it's a different ball game. Uh, but, God, it was so much fun. There's just something I love about Pinch is that it's fight or flight, and that ball is coming a million miles an hour. And, like, when you catch it, you, you like, are half excited and half, half regret. And, and, and everybody that was, like, sitting on the sideline kept mentioning about, like, almost how comical it was to watch because games were going by pretty fast. Like nobody had like a kind of out, like it was kind of a like, holy crap, he's out. So um, did you, uh, might, might come up again, but in open the, uh, the throw that Ketchum put on Payan like stopped everyone. I think it was just, it was so insanely loud. But that I was, was, I wasn't even watching that match, but I could tell you, that I was over by the concession stand and I That's heard the I hit and I went, ooh, I don't know who that was or who threw it, but I know that hurt. 
it, it sounded like it did. Uh, I was watching the live stream. I had like front row seats to that. So I just said, I'm just going to stay in the booth here. And um, I saw a catch him running in, saw him cock back. And I was like, well, rest in peace, whoever that's going to be. <laughs> and then just boom, just like, just, you know, stop the game, stop everything. It was just so devastatingly loud. Um, I want to ask Pian how he feels about that. I'm sure he's going to say nothing at all. But It makes you wonder a little bit what was louder, Felix popping a ball by sitting on it or Pian getting chested by Ketchum? I think Pian getting chested by Ketchum. Felix, I would just expect that from him. I don't even know why. but that Have you seen the video of Felix sitting on the ball? No. Uh, well, when you're done with this, you'll have to go <laughs> check it, it. It might be the greatest dodgeball video we've ever seen. I'm... I expect no less from Felix. He's he's growing a <laughs> reputation, or at least I think I'm catching up to his reputation. But uh, the reason why I brought up the the catch him hit on Pine was it, it, was that how the pinch hits were? Were they just like that? Oh just, yeah, just uh, everything was like big thunderous hits. I mean, I was walking across the court and I got hit square in the back <sighs> by I think uh, Brody. And that one, that one, I played it off like it was nothing. But man, that stung for <laughs> stung for a good minute. I, uh, I, I kind of was like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm awake now. I'm ready to play. Um, yeah, it was, it was kind of those those hits were intense and in pinch. The the actually the best hit that I saw in pinch was um, uh, it was notorious. It was uh, Bush versus notorious. Uh, Isaac Moss uh, threw at at Mike Riley. Mike Riley had jumped up in the air to dodge one ball, came down in a full like wide leg squat. He looked up as he got hit square in the junk. Oh man! And it wasn't one of those ones where like as a guy you get hit and it takes like half a second. Like he was. He was like watching a smart car get crushed between two semis. And he just fell to the ground, rolled off. It just was like, oh man. It, it wasn't even like the like comical look of hurt on somebody. It was like it was like broken arm look of hurt on somebody's face. And the worst part was he got caught back in like <laughs> Five seconds later, of course, he, he hadn't even gotten up to his knees yet. He got caught in, and he kind of like rolled in. Um, he got rolled in to the back of the court, and then he made a catch at groin level. And it was just—it was the funniest thing I saw all weekend. That's uh, for sure. Just... And it was probably like if I if I had the choice to take. <laughs> The Pyan shot from Ketchum or the the Mike Riley shot, Ketchum shot all day. Oh, absolutely. Oh, because I'd never seen I'd never seen a more disgusting uh nut shot than what Mike went through. Cause I'd never seen someone like wide leg squat just and get open. speed bagged. Oh man. I, I'm trying so hard not to lose it, but like I can just I can picture them just rolling off and him being caught back in, and he's he's just like, no man, give me like a couple minutes. I, of, to- I, like I hope the Bush guys have video of it or somebody oh, has please. video of it because like 
that'll be a top 10 video of like the oh. history of, of, of worst dodgeball shots. That, that could be oh. an ESPN top 10 something. That, that could be what like the new Vince behind the back video that yeah. we just see over and over and over again. Man, props to that Riley guy for <laughs> catching another ball off of him. Oh, yeah. Himself. The worst part was just, <laughs> yeah, watching him catch another one and he just, oh, no more. <sighs> Have you seen a segue too far? Have you seen that that video clip of like it's either a soccer ball player or a volleyball player, and the guy keeps like ricocheting balls oh, off his yeah, face? Scott Sterling. Yeah, like I wonder. Yeah. It, I thought of that for a second. That's why I was, was kind of losing it. But uh, God, I hope that footage is out there. Um, oh man, yeah. I, I remember I, I stuck you one time. Um, you hit me in the face, I'll, and I was I'll like, "I'll give a wristband. I'll, I'll mail a wristband out for whoever sends that footage in if they've got it." For the uh, Riley shot, for the the Riley shot, yeah. it was on the far court versus TC Bush during someone's, pinch someone's elimination. Got it. Somebody's got it. Um, they have to. I was gonna say, I remember I, I stuck you one time, and it was comical. Like I felt bad, but you also oh, made it that funny. Was, that was the, that's still like I'll take the catch him head shot I've had. The the shot that you gave me, I I never had a weirder conversation with my wife because she asked. <laughs> why i had a shaped bruise on the inside of my leg and it was because you hit my so hard it bruised the inside of my leg to be fair you hit me in the face the game prior so <laughs> and like i wasn't honestly i wasn't aiming for for you know uh you know what uh i just saw you looked away for a split second so i just like oh, quick it was quick through. it was the worst because i just remember how much it burned like this, just this, it was a searing feeling. I will never get rid of in my life because I still can like I can remember where I was in the court. I can remember the look on your face. I can remember like rolling out through the netting and just like kind of like scooting around on my hands and knees to try and get the pain to stop. Yep. What was yeah. what was the look on my face? Was it apologetic at least? It was it was apologetic. Okay, good. You were just you you were you were more confused of like why did the like shot to the inner thigh hurt so much? Yep. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I, a... I didn't think you were like cued in on like what the actual anatomy of what happened was. Yeah, I was just uh, saw an opportunity, took it real fast. Still upset over the face shot, but then when I found out what happens, like oh, oh my, poor Mark. Yeah. Um, since we're on the subject of, uh, of um, I got, I got, I'm definitely bleeping this stuff out, but, um, that's still a thing. So I wanted to ask uh, real quick, is there still a bounty for that? Cause I, I remember you and Vince talking about that last year. What was the bounty? I, that's the thing I can't remember. I know that it's Christina. Christina. Demos for sure. Are you sure? She tried to stick a card in my back pocket at the party, mm -hmm. and I pulled it out, and I said, no thanks, I'm good. Very well, then. The bounty was a uh, stuff... So someone can film them doing it. Yeah, I think that was... Yeah, They had to be caught on film, and the prize that you guys kind of almost uh, settled on was a stuffed golden chicken, because I'm not going to say the C word. Yeah. Yeah, all right, yeah, sure. I'll pay that bounty. <laughs> Awesome, it's andied up. Um, <laughs> uh, it's it's one of those things. It's like, oh man, only in dodgeball. But uh, let's kind of back this up a little bit. So let's go back to hits. Um, any any matches that 
kind of play out the most or hits or any other like um actually what was your favorite matchup um that you were able to to watch in pinch my favorite matchup to watch in pinch man i won't lie i was either refing or playing um i think my favorite matchup what was the most exciting to me was it was probably titan versus dynasty like that was a really well played game oh also like ah, this is gonna like probably sour some people but Final Justice versus Titan was good. It's just, unfortunately, the way things went down soured that game. Was this? The, like, this, you know, like, uh, this thing led to that thing, led to this thing, which, why we had the yellow card rule changed. And it ended up, it ended, I mean, it ended up affecting the game 100%. And this is where some of that negative yelling at refs and drama. Yeah, kind of so surfaced. it was kind of discovered that, like, in the in the middle of there was an issue earlier that day uh, between two teams that I had to kind of step in, and the we found that you know with a yellow card you've got to, you've got to sit a match right or you got to sit a game right. We're calling you know two out of three games is a match. You have to sit a game if you get a yellow card. What the problem was is that if a team had seven players and one of their players had to sit, they'd go, so what? We were probably going to rotate him out anyways. It's not a big uh, impact. There's no impact at all. So now here's here's an issue. Now you've got two teams, right? You've got one team with six players and one team with seven players. And both sides start passing each other. And both flip each other the birds, both yellow Both teams get a single yellow, or both teams get a yellow card. Now all of a sudden you have one team that has to play with five, and the other team, who is just as egregious and just as bad, just rotates that player out and they have six. Why should the team with subs be able to utilize that? Why should the team with subs be able to like skate on any kind of punishment for an absolutely egregious act of yelling at the refs, yelling at other players, doing those kind of things. So that's where we, we decided like you couldn't get around punishment by doing this. Right. So that's where we came in with the rule of like, you know, and it was before pinch that we said, you know, Vince Glenn, Tim Wells and I, we had to sit down and say, listen, we have a problem because if you have one player who's got a big mouth and is, you know, a garbage person, if they had seven players, that player basically has a get out of jail free card to go up and cuss out the refs and do something terrible and just say, all right, I'll just sit this next game out. And meanwhile, the team gets to play at full force but that player sits one game. There has to be a punishment. They can't get away with that. So we brought all the pinch team captains in and we explained the new rule. Like it's, it's kind of like soccer. Like if you get a red card, you're playing with 10 people just because you have subs who could fill it in, fill in the 11th doesn't mean you get the 11th man back. 
So that's the way we had to do it. And unfortunately, you know, what we're finding is when we have these captain's meetings, these captains never tell their teams what's discussed. They never relay this information because all of a sudden we had a situation where uh, we told a team like, all right, you have to play with five. And the captain got all upset and was like, this is bullshit. I don't have to do any of this. Like this, I was never told this. And it was, oh, oh, his teammate who stood in for him while the captain was taking a piss somewhere. They had to, they just didn't, they didn't fill in their team. So all of a sudden they're mad. They're screaming at Jake and yelling at him and being completely unreasonable. Meanwhile, the player who's standing there is like, Oops, I forgot to tell him. It's like, dude, own up, man up, and, and, and explain your team how you failed to relay this information that was given to you that affects something, and now your captain's yelling at Jake. Like like I said, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Jake never wants to do anything with an elite event again. Wow. That's how bad attitudes were. And Was this... Um... Was this all during pinch or did some of this? This actually, it it occurred through the course of the tournament. Honestly, the best part of the tournament with no problems was showdown and all stars. Wow. Dang. So this is probably like the uh, open open was okay. Co-ed got significantly worse. Um, women's was fine women know how to handle their right um and then co-ed no sting is where it feels like people's attitudes came off the rails and then pinch it was like it, it was the wild west it just like blew up at that point probably i mean it's day three alcohol is probably in the system people are it was like brutalizing each other yeah and it was just one thing after another like as is where you were at round two correct uh no i wasn't actually portland so portland everybody's big complaint was that like it was super hot right and and then round three everybody's complaint was that it was super hot right and then i got a lot of people like you know asking like are we gonna have air conditioning at this place and so this place their air conditioning unit was like you know whether there's nobody in it or 500 people in it like it's going to stay at like a a specific 71 but the problem is is when you have 500 people in a venue that body heat is actually pretty intense right and so that machine was chugging along to keep up and keep that place cool which it was all weekend Unfortunately, it was the side effect of that. Condensation um, and leaks. And we had those leaks and everybody was running up and complaining about like these huge puddles. But they weren't huge puddles. They were like three or four drops. It's like there's a towel right there. Just take a quick wipe before the game starts and we're good. But it was like everything was a mountain out of a molehill. Right. Man. That's a shame. Um, Telling me, man. 
Well, I'm glad we kind of circled back to this because um, what I wanted to say was I'm, I'm totally fine spending however long it takes to talk about this and, and get this out because that's part of the whole recap and why I wanted you on here is for like a, a non-filtered, this is how it went down, all the good, all the bad, and maybe something in between. And b- because, you know, I'm off in La La Land, I didn't see a majority of this stuff. Um, and I'm sure people have selected memory if they are part of this uh, issue. But then we all go back home and post, oh, thank you, Mark. Thank you, Jake. This was amazing. Thank you so much for everything. Like, the, I think people really need to understand what you guys go through um, because it's not all just this magical tournament that's all sunshine and, and rainbows and, and unicorns and, and happy feelings. Uh, it takes a toll on on the leadership. And so, um, yeah, I just want to kind of preface that if we go into more of the, the weeds of, of, of what happened. Um, but I, and I did want to – what's up? I said it was hard. I mean, yeah. even the party, like I couldn't get anybody to be quiet enough for one second so that I could like announce award winners. Like even with the microphone, I just, there wasn't like a second of silence so that we could like, we could acknowledge, you know, those people who, who won the, you know, the golden whistles, you know, those, those referees and, and the caps award winners and, and stuff like that. It was just so disheartening. I, and I think it, no joke, like I, I, I hope people thanked Jake and, and Glenn and Vince and Tim and Tony and Colin. I, I, I hope, because I think through the course of the weekend, I might have had 10 people say thank you this weekend. Wow. It was, it was, and it's like one of those things where like, like you said, like we, we, we run off of those, the, the, the compliments and and the, and the people who are just saying like how awesome it is. And it's, it's been nice to see some of these posts. Um, I won't lie. Like I haven't looked at them. I, I, I really like I've tried to spend as little humanly possible time on Facebook this week just because I, I just I just couldn't. Yeah, I don't blame you. That's why when I talked to you <clears throat> just before I left, I was like, hey, man, like how many days do you need before we can talk dodgeball again? I'm sure you'll be thrilled to do so because I understand you'll, you'll probably even if things went normally, you'd probably still need some time to, to decompress and and take yeah. in all that went down. But um that's a bummer, man. Um, and I hope that people are that do listen take this to heart and maybe just I don't know slap themselves on the wrists or just know to do better or control their player I that's, that's out of line. Something lost in translation. Where like at the very beginning, like you know, we were really open and saying like, listen, like we're gonna do this for free, but like your end of the bargain is just being like civil and yeah, and and understanding like you know okay, they're going to do this work. This, this is something that's a full-time job for free so that we have this arena and playground to, to do something we love. And, you know, that, that kind of like handshake or unspoken agreement was like, you know, like civility, like understanding. Don't be a like, like- You know, like, you know, Little, little things like, for example, like one of the questions was brought up on like, um, the, the, the win percentage. And that was a matter of women's was supposed to finish 
around Robin, but uh, we, we, we ran out of time. And so the ones that ran out of time and that had like, where you had like six to eight teams all having the same like win loss records without any head to heads it came down to the only way that this is going to work was win percentage in order to differentiate everything. And, you know, we even consulted with, um, was it Kate, uh, from Portland. Bergsgard, I think. Yeah. She was like, Hey, like I'm a stats major. Like I've got a degree in this. And she's like, honestly, the only way that this is going to work is, is, is win percentage because otherwise there's no way to separate this, 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 and this, because, you know, in years past, we're able to do, you know, a, a full, you know, a full round Robin, you know, Back in the very first year, we only had 20 teams and we did a full round robin. Like, yeah, it's easy to place people in order. But when you have, you know, more than double that and you have to do pools, like we're able to do it for the most part, but some there, we needed an added element. And like, you know, my thing, the way I deal with things is we can either – we can either sit and complain about it and do nothing or, you know, I'll take the heat. I'll take this, the, the, the arrows, the, 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 whatever the shots and just say, this is a decision that needed to be made in order to move forward. Cause like my thing is I hate, you know, like hemming and hawing over something. If it, if there's no solution, so right. come up with that solution and get to the next level. Yeah, you want to focus on the solution, not the problem. Correct. And so that's that's like that should be the next elite dodgeball shirt. <laughs> focus on the solution and not the problem because that was exactly what was going on. It was, well, this guy did this. Okay, let's talk about a solution. No, but he did this. I get that. So, but, but my feelings it. listen to me complain yeah and it's just it's just okay like what can we do i had an instance in my game so for example and and, and I, I i threw so we didn't have any refs uh it was riot versus brick squad we didn't have any refs we couldn't find a single ref for our game oh man coming into co-ed 8.5 and uh Wait. so they had seven players we had seven players so like alex said oh, i'll ref and then andy said oh, i'll ref from this side and they were like hey we'll have a nice gentleman's agreement of of you know what what we should do uh you know in case something happens and it was like okay and so you know we started to play and um it was something like five on one um, Casey on my team was the last one. She makes a catch. I come in and, uh, I, I, I mean, this is going to sound terrible coming from me. I took a cheap shot. Uh, I think it was as Chris Wheeler was trying to get his glasses on and I hit him without his glasses on and we finished the game and, uh, you know, I, we had to take a step back for a second. You know, they, they were upset because of that. And, 
you know, we had just taken a game and, you know, what ended up being that decision is I went back to them and I said, guys, it's, it's zero, zero. Like we'll, we'll, we'll forfeit that game. Let's get some refs in here because the right thing that would have happened is if refs had been on the court, refs would have stopped play the minute he lost his glasses or needed to tie a shoe or do anything like that. And that would have stopped you from probably seeing red, right? I don't think you're Correct. naturally the guy that takes cheap shots. You just saw an opportunity without even thinking. Correct. Or you're so, being a douchebag. And, and, and what ended up happening is, like I said, I went back to him. I said, I'm going to go get two refs. Um, it's 0-0. Zero, zero. And we lost 2-0. And you know, sometimes those are the things that you need to take. Even in pinch, um, we, we faced Tigers. And they had a player come in out of order and throw and throw and throw and throw and get some outs. And normally that's a forfeit game. And uh, one of my teammates noticed it, you know, when the like last person was playing on their team and, uh, you know, we mentioned it and, you know, the refs were like, well, what's the ruling? And like, it's a forfeit, but you know, I don't want to take a win that way. Right. So let's zero, zero that. Most people will take the technicality and be like, ah, I'll win by any means necessary and say like, you know, Tough oh, well, win. that girl broke her leg. Like, let's take advantage of it. And it's like, there's gotta be, there's gotta be like a gentleman's aspect of it too with the level that we are. And so like, you know, that was one of those instances where like we, I, I didn't want to take the point via forfeit that way. Like it, we, we absolutely should have, but you know, they should have been paying attention to who, who was in, you know, in the, in the right line and the queue, but we've seen problems this year with the same thing. And it's about how you react to those that really show your character. Yeah. Um, kind of point, reminds me of uh, when Zaps uh, didn't win showdown because Mikey doesn't understand boundaries. He said he wanted to actually earn it. That gentleman's agreement like that. I think people either have that or they don't. And um, I feel like it's kind of a, not a contradiction, but maybe they catch 22 because they're supposed to have a, a, a crushing penalty like that. So the captain can be like, Hey, I'm going to make sure that my guys come in when they're supposed to. So this doesn't happen again. And maybe that's what you have to do. Like you just have to enforce that. But at the same time being a, you know, a, I don't want to say a genuine dodgeball player, but I don't know what the word would be having heart, I guess you don't want to win that way either. So it's kind of like what's for the greater good. So I can kind of see like how both sides play out, but they totally understand. Yeah, like I, mean, you, I remember just, a couple of years ago, a throwdown, uh, Chad Landrum like won a game because the person used the ball and pushed off of the curtain. And Chad was like, no, I don't want to lose that. Like, I don't want to win that way. And then it ended up playing out the game for like the next like five minutes was absolutely gassed and ended up losing. And it's just like, it's a shitty way to lose, yeah. it's, but it's like, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a gentleman's thing. Like, you know, when, when I'm on the other side, like, 
you know, if I'm that hair out of bounds, like that's out of bounds. I'm going to take that out. Even if it means like, you know, I, I have the chance to like win for my team. Like, no, it's, it's the right thing to do. Yeah, that's... Like taking the shoelace out, like that's the difference between like taking the sport to the next level because it's so hard to ref and it's so hard to like, you know, perform at that high level and keep the sport honest it's it's what's needed otherwise it devolves into uh this madness that i'm hearing about yeah it's just finger it'll just it will absolutely devolve into like finger pointing butthurt feelings screaming and and honestly like that next level is a fight the next step we're already at that like the Man. next inch is a fight. It's a scary thought. And that's the last thing I want to do is drag two people by their ear out of the venue and say, don't come back. Yep. Yeah. I mean, uh, hopefully it doesn't come to that. If it does, hopefully you make examples, but I mean, that's just kind, it's of, kind of the thing. Like, you know, what's funny is, you know, if you follow like the NFL right now, everybody calls it the no fun league, right? Right because they're not allowed to celebrate, you know, now these targeting penalties and tackling is this much harder. And it's like every time that a player is dishonest, every time that a player creates a problem, like there's only one thing you can do, which is add more rules. Every time someone decides that they're above being like a good player and a good person it the only option is to create more rules for it which then constricts the sport which then makes it less fun and so like there's gonna have to be some drastic changes made to like disciplinary measures there's gonna be have to be drastic decisions made on on like what the future is of elite just because like i don't want this to become a league that's not fun because there's so many rules that like you can't even fart out of line you shouldn't be able but to at anyway the same but... time like if they're not if the ones that we have in place are not abided by if you can't be like a genuinely good person like if you can't play the sport without cussing the other side like it's gonna either cause two things one we don't need you back or two we're gonna have to create more rules and it will become less fun and as soon as it's less fun people stop showing up so we, we would consider ourselves um, like the highest caliber athletes playing dodgeball in its most competitive sense, right? Almost like pretty much professional dodgeball. Would that be fair to say? Easily. So if I understand correctly, professionals that act out of line, they get fined, they get penalized. They, they sign, I'm sure somewhere in their contract that they will abide by these, as you said, rules. They'll have these bylaws or they have to agree to certain things. Like you're not going to be an basically and they get penalized for that and 
I mean, if, if we want, as I'm, basically, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. If we want to consider ourselves the, the highest form of competitive dodgeball, we need to act like that. If we want to be considered up there with the professionals of conventional sports, then stop being a, a douchebag. Like, it's it's got to... I I like rules being in the military and whatnot, and I totally understand group punishment. Sometimes I think it's ridiculous, but when I understand the higher level, uh, when people act out of line, it has to come down. And yeah, sometimes somebody acts out, and guess what? We got more rules, more regulations now, and it sucks, but it happens because somebody messed up. So, I mean, not sure yeah. how much further it goes, but uh, I, I think you're, 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 you're on the right track. I mean, I feel like it's going to have to come to that because this can get more negative next year it can go the opposite way it can you know we can stop that growth we can stop that 30 percent increase that you're talking about because people just remember all the negativity and they don't want to come back and so sucks to be yeah. you man <laughs> puts you know in a rough spot but you know you gotta it's tough like i like i said earlier like i feel like this year is like a large majority of my time has been doling out discipline and like it's just if it's not something like I'm not getting paid for, like that sucks. Like it sucks to be a guy whose just sole job is to tell people no. And it sucks to be that guy who's constantly having to tell people like shape up. Like this is a warning or you're suspended or this. And it's like, you know, I've got to embrace that as, 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 as my role, but like, it's just, it's amazing when you, when you, when you give an inch and like, and this is something that I have to do for myself. Like I saw like, uh, who is it? I think it was Chad's question in the, in the chat. Like, how do you get everybody to like, like you or something? What, what, what was that? He's like, what's the hardest oh. part of keeping everyone happy? And I was like, he, he doesn't, <laughs> you don't, uh, it's not well, possible. That, that's the thing is like, I've always tried to keep everybody happy and the biggest thing I've learned after this weekend is I don't have to anymore. Like I really don't. Cause that's the thing is I've, I've officially learned after seven years of like trying to be the guy who will always come to a consensus or compromise or something like that. Like, if people won't respect that and if they want to just yell and scream and chew me out, then it's time to just embrace the evil. Yeah. It's time to just be the hammer and just say, you're suspended. You're suspended. You're suspended. You're suspended. You're suspended. I bet you you'd cut a lot of current and future out by doing that. <clears throat> you just have to, like you said, you have to embrace that aspect. Um, you know, the role that you're in, the influence that you have, you got to take the good with the bad and you have to dole out the discipline when, when needed for the, the good of the organization, which I would think is, it, it, it's beyond us, if that makes sense. And, and the essence of it needs to be protected, not so much your friendship with this person or this person's ego. And if they can't handle it, um, see ya, go play dodgeball somewhere else. Like don't taint this one or pollute yeah. it anymore. Uh, and I'm sure people would agree with you, man. I think um, hopefully this yields a positive response. Uh, maybe more people will back you up and, and back Jake up and, and just kind of, I don't know, I, I can only speak for myself, but be more aware of what's going on, more perceptive, and not just think this whole thing is just a love fest. And there is a lot of stuff that you guys put up with that maybe I can jump in and help out with in some capacity. And 
if I can just control my team or if I can just control myself, like, you know, maybe I shouldn't flip people off if I get mad or maybe I shouldn't like throw my shoe at somebody. Just simple things like that. They can be, um, they can just feed up to, to the greater good. But um, there are some questions that, that are kind of relevant um, that I did want to kind of touch back on. And before we, we, we do that though, <clears throat> oh, did you have something to say though? No, no, I said okay. shoot. So um, going back to the the percentage and whatnot, so Lucas had asked, um, how soon will we be switching to win percentage versus points round robin seeding? Since we kind of touched on that topic, I just wanted to kind of bring that to light real quick. If that was something that you were considering across the board, if uh, Kate had managed to help you identify a better way to solidify round robin seeding or just where we were with that. Um, I... I think that like the win percentage is a good idea. I do. Uh, I think that this off season, I want to take everything, and and this is this is my mind. It's got to go through the board of of the the other guys as well. But like, I would like to really just kind of sit down, blow everything up, and say what's working, what's not working and piece together like you know like we should we should relook at you know the point system for the series we should relook at the scoring system for round robin because it doesn't work we have too many teams so you know when a round robin is decided is designed to come up with seeding by finishing it like we need a system that works when you have two separate round robins or two separate round robins that don't finish because you've got, you know, three times the amount of teams that you're normally used to. I think that's a hundred percent under something that needs to be in discussion. So you brought up uh, your board and you said the guys, um, were there any women on this elite board of directors? Um, there was with, with Lisa back in the day. Uh, it's, it's been, it's been discussed. We haven't really put forth anything with, with Colin and Tony coming in. That's taking up the North in terms of, uh, you know, like taking Glenn's spot. Yeah, as, as, as like the cheesy way of saying it, the ward of the north. Um, That's a great way to say it. There's, there's two on my list that I would love to see added. Two females on your list? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I, um, I was just curious. And also I got prompted to ask that question. So just shot that in there because it's perfect time to do so. But um, Who asked that question? They would like to rename anonymous. That's fine. Because they don't want to get trolled, and I totally respect and think that's dumb that, <clears throat> that it would be trolled. But uh, maybe I can coerce that person off offline to to reach out and. No, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, like I, I I have an idea through like you know people who have been like genuinely you know helpful and active and in getting things done and and also helping and so like. We we have an idea of who we need to add, and it's 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 a matter of uh, a board meeting happening to kind of 
hopefully add those people to make it happen awesome uh so <clears throat> excuse me going back a little bit to to the yellow card just because i wanted to cover this um i think alan thomas had asked about uh changing the yellow card rule at the start of pinch you kind of covered that already and then bill fisher asked what was the pin the change and you mentioned that because it's not like um is that how a power play works in the nhl i kind of i would more like i would liken it to getting a red card in soccer just because like a soccer team starts with 11 if you get a red card and, and you start with 11 and you can sub players in and out all day. But if a player gets a red card, they play with 10. They don't get to fill in that with another sub. That's gotcha. the best way to put it. And the reason it's put there is because of, like, you can have, I mean, if, <laughs> if you have a team of seven and one of the guys throws a punch and he gets kicked out, like, it, doesn't you impact don't think you that they should have to play down one for a match <laughs> like it, it's basically like having having a sub it would be advantageous so that you can like if you really need to argue a call someone could take one for the team and just <laughs> just go off and it's like that's something we can't allow right and then at the same time if you have that team of six you know they make one slip up or if like two guys start jawing at each other and one team has six and one team has seven. Why does the team with seven not get penalized, you know, by having to not play a player down? It's like, I'm not sure if this works this way in baseball, but like when you see a pitcher get banned for five games, but it's really one game because they don't play the other four because they're on a rest rotation. Right. It doesn't impact them as much. Exactly. I could be wrong about that. I'm sure I'll get messages in my inbox telling me how stupid I am. Well, baseball's stupid anyway, so it doesn't matter. They can inbox. Oh too no! Far. If I'm wrong about anything, don't worry. Oh. I get told about it. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. <laughs> um, so that that kind of leads into another question I, uh, I received, and that was: um, Have you have you considered a system like the NHL with retroactive punishment um, for flagrant offenses such as cheating or unsportsmanlike conduct that was caught by refs during a match, or not caught? Excuse me. So, like maybe talking about this after the fact, or watching it on streams, or oh, absolutely, we actually have a system in place. Um, nice. As kind of if you like looked at it, so for example, like cheating, like if there's a person that's blatantly cheating and they've been getting away with it like the way we deal with it is we don't like the 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 public witch hunt that we saw in dodgeball family years ago oh yeah i remember that (laughs) so you know if you think someone's been blatantly cheating by all means record that game give me proof because the the biggest thing is someone will always run to me and say so-and-so cheated he got hit like off the, the the side of his arm and he didn't go out it's that's your version of the story because i can go to him and say he'll say oh i didn't feel it and you know we know one side is telling the truth and one side is not right show me the video and i can make an action so so for example like you know, you have a player that's kind of been blatantly cheating all day. Put a camera on him. Worst case, 
we're going to catch some amazing plays and have some cool gifts. That's yeah. the worst case scenario. You don't catch him, but we have more footage of dodgeball. That's the worst case scenario. Or you realize you're, that that person's honest. Like, okay. He's, yeah. He's or that changed. person's honest now. Like your video will help keep them honest. Or like let's say the person has total disregard for your video or the fact that you're standing on the side of the court, putting a camera near his face. They get hit. They don't go out. You bring that video to me. I can say, wow, that is a clear case of cheating. That is something that we don't need in our sport. So-and-so player, congratulations, you are suspended. Nice. I don't know, man. If, uh... we, and, and, you know, we had an instance earlier this year where there was complaints about a player, and, and, and I said, I'd be happy to suspend them. I'd be happy to. That's fine. Give me the video evidence because I can't rely on hearsay. Right. Like, I can't rely on that. Like, it, it just doesn't work that way. Like, you, you can't rely on word of mouth because everybody's heated one way or another. And there's all, everybody's always going to have their own version of events. Oh, yeah. But give me the video proof. That way, it can be dealt with. And it doesn't need to be public. That person can be dealt with privately. They can be shown. They can be given a chance to, you know, rebut and say, I'm sorry, I didn't know that. Like, oh, and, and you know, you know you're going to get the players who are like, well, so-and-so didn't take the route, so I thought it was okay. To, that's a good case of saying, congratulations, you've earned a suspension. You're a turd. Uh, we'll see you at the next, you know, the round after, you know. Yeah. We just don't need it. But by all means, like record people, record matches. Give me that video footage. Help you, so right? It can be dealt with. But if people just want to like sit there and point fingers, again, what did we talk about earlier? Like, you're not giving me solutions. You're giving me problems. You're giving me like, you're, you're not, you're just complaining about the present. I have a solution, but you got to give me what I need in terms of like being able to like effectively doing that job of, of taking care of that problem. Because unless I have footage, like it, it, what court of law would just be like, well, I could have sworn it hit his shoulder. Okay. You're suspended. Guilty. No, it, it wouldn't work. <laughs> Like, how would that be fair to anybody? Because then all of a sudden you're going to start having people start complaining and be like, well, I hit him in the shoe. Uh, that bounced two feet in front of him. Well, from my angle, hit him in the shoe. Kick him out. Yeah. There's always, uh, the way I see it, there's, there's three sides to the story. There's yours, mine, and what actually happened. And cameras can really <laughs> help with that what actually happened and I had a similar incident with um, not to name names but uh, I do want to own up to it um, it was Fortune against Notorious and Lucas swears that he hit this guy and I'm watching him not not watching with like the intent of Lucas is going to throw and hit him in the left leg so I better I better catch this it's more like I'm watching my angle like this is the best angle I can provide being a line ref 
and I see a ball go th- next to him, and he continues to play dodgeball, and he's fine. Um, so I don't call anything, and I just see Lucas lose his mind, and I'm thinking, hey, now, I have never seen Lucas lose his mind on anything. Like, he must have seen something, and I'm just, like, watching this guy. I'm like, he's not, he's not, he's not getting hit, and people are yelling at him, like, just bloody murder. I'm like, this is really, really awkward. Because I want to side with Lucas, and I again, I hope I'm not putting anyone on blast. It was just like from a rest perspective, this is kind of what's going on in the minds and, and trying to be partial. So I didn't see anything get hit, no call. And I later tried to pull Lucas aside. I was like, hey, dude, what, what did you see? Like, what, uh, what are you guys yelling at that you thought you saw? And he might have been referring to that play. He might not have been. But that's just like, try, try dissecting the truth between that. And then I asked... Uh, I think it was Bill. Um, if there's footage of it, let me know, just for my own personal sake. It doesn't have to be aired or blasted. I just want to see it for myself. Like, did I miss a call? Because I, I still can't understand what got those two teams. Because, like, Fortune fired off and then Notorious fired off. It's like, there might be a fight soon. Like, this is not cool. Um, and I want to know, like, was that a blown call on my end? Uh, like, what really happened? So, having this retroactive type of deal is good, I think, because we can all look at it and be like, okay. Lucas, uh, you're right. It did hit this guy. Or, no, he he was clear. So we can all go back to loving each other and not being heated like that ever again because that was, that was bad. Um, and I guess I did get exposed to some of the, the negativity that you're talking about. I wasn't completely off in, like, untouchable bliss land. But, um, oh, yeah, I got I got tagged and, and sent a lot of videos of, like, congratulations, you need to get your eyes checked because you missed this call. Wow. Like, it's fine. Give me the footage. <laughs> yeah, the footage to speak. Um, I think we're good on the card thing. Um, Alan asked thoughts on no sting being on day three. Did that did that work for you guys? Y'all no sting uh, players? Or? I actually genuinely liked it. Um, usually getting to the end of day two was always such a nightmare. Uh, like, did you play no sting? No, I didn't play no sting. Um, but you played co-ed 8.5. I wish I did. I played co-ed 8.5. We got okay. knocked out early, but we stayed. Imagine had you played everything. So open 8.5 there was also women's you know co-ed 8.5 all-star game showdown and imagine like we finished co-ed 8.5 at roughly like 6 45 7 o'clock imagine playing another three more hours uh no thank you i think i we had to do that uh, in boston I, so I, or I actually think like you know, granted, I loved having the tournament done three to six hours earlier on day three. Um, but at the same time, I think it was a smart move. I, I think having the full day Sunday to do those two divisions is what it deserved. Um, even then, we still ran long. Uh, I think we ran until like uh, 9.30 when we finished Pinch. Um, thank God our, our hosts were ecstatic at watching what we what we put on. Like, I will say this, like, 
we were a better group than what they're normally used to with like big basketball tournaments. They were like, I can't believe you guys cleaned up. I can't believe you guys like just weren't, you know, terrible people. Like we had to do a couple things telling people to keep their coolers out of the, the area. Like there was always still banana peels underneath the bleachers. People, please stop doing that. How hard is it to throw that away? Like, no. Jesus Christ. I know. I get the water bottle. I, I can totally understand. Oh, I forgot because I, I would keep losing my blender bottle thing, but I would yeah. eventually go find it. So I, I totally understand a water bottle. Oh, that but was like, yours? No, no, I, no. I was like, but whoa. <laughs> it's, it's, in my, it's in my bag right next to me. How'd you do that? Um, well, what's funny is like sometimes it's the logic. Like for me, like if it's got a screw on cap, because everything's going to get hit by a ball, right? No, yeah. Whether you bring like a four-month-year-old baby or your Starbucks coffee or a backpack or, or whatever, it's going to get hit. Like, it will get hit. So, like, a couple times I had to tell a lady, I was like, please, ma'am, you've got to get these children back behind the glass. And I saw one kid get absolutely trucked. Oh, man. Um, and and she looked at me and I went, what what do you want me to say? Like I'm telling you, <laughs> I, I I literally just got done telling you. And then, um, like the Starbucks cups, it's like it's not a screw on cap, so if it gets hit, it's gonna explode, and it's gonna go everywhere. It's gonna get on people's clothes. It's gonna get on people's phones. It's gonna get on the floor. It's gonna get everywhere. And it's not going to be easy to clean. So stop taking non-screw-off stuff on the court. Yeah, so just so we're clear, I my stuff's screw-on, so... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a blender bottle. Like. But I'll also say I had a blender bottle get just blown up in uh, Elite Round 3 in Boston 2016. It broke it. And I was like, I don't I don't understand this. These are supposed to be unbreakable. Yeah. Dodgeball's awesome. It broke an unbreakable bottle. Heck yeah, dodgeball. But also, I'm really <laughs> sad now. But you're right. It's it's like the Murphy's Law of dodgeball. Anything a ball can hit, it will. It doesn't matter how much protected you think it is. It's it's gonna find its way. It, it it's and comedic. it's funny for someone like me that has to be in the middle of everything. Like I have to be in the most easy place to get to, the center of everything, because I've got to run around and tell people where they need to be. Like I put my stuff out of the way. And out of the way of danger, any of this, because it's like, I don't want to be the guy that caused a game to stop because, you know, like my coffee exploded on the court. Right. Or like, you know, I'm certainly like, I, I can always think of like, I remember when it was in like Serena or Venus Williams, like when they used to do the beads in the hair. And like, I think one of them just, smash the shit out of the ball and they had to like spend 10 minutes cleaning up the beads like keep your stuff to the side and get it out of the way of danger like the courts should be the courts and the the off area should be the off area yeah we'll get it eventually and i think um what would segue into this was just having to spend extra time cleaning up after um going through an entire like open division co-ed and then no sting 
and to, to kind of dial this back a little bit, like, yeah, your, your thoughts or your, your, your move to make. I, I think it worked well. I, I really do. I, I think that the, the change gave, cause it was always weird. It like being separated by the two nights or like, cause day two, it's kind of completing everything, whether it's all star showdown men's or, you know, open and women's and, and co eight point five, And then you, you you open something and then like in a day of closure if you will and so having sunday to be able to do give no sting it's it's due of you know both of those and then also uh pinch you know it's got it's time to like shine and shine yeah and i i I appreciated being able to go back to the hotel hotel room change and realize i still had an hour to get to the venue like i was already just in the mindset like oh crap we're so late oh this doesn't start until nine eight o'clock like we had plenty of time like we're actually show up on time this is amazing so i think that was yeah yeah that was the that was the always the one thing is because like i usually have to go back sort out the rings make sure that like i'm thanking the people that i need to thank like coming up with like a pseudo speech um and then just kind of like putting that stuff together like by the time like i am always either the first one there and the last to leave so every year it was like a race to like I, I never got, I would never be able to get any food and people would like hand me a beer. And next thing I know I'm buzzed <laughs> and I haven't had anything to eat. And then just becomes a show from there. And by the time two o'clock runs around, it's like, Oh my God, I've got to do pinch in six hours. So I think it was it, from, from my perspective, it was a very welcome change. I know that there's a lot of upset people in terms of having to change flights, having lost or had to like bow out of a bow out of the division altogether or needing to find last minute subs. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I I, I think it's a change. There'll be a more permanent change. Like I said, I think everything in terms of elite needs to be up for discussion this off season. Well, I definitely think that was the way to go. Um, and if it's if it's known in advance, you know, we, we can plan our flights accordingly because that kind of impacted me too with my no-sync team, kind of why I didn't play. Yeah. But, um, I mean, it, it is what it is. And not to dismiss anybody's uh, gripes, but um, overall. Well, the gripes were 100% legitimate. Right. And it's, it's one of those things that, like, when we closed registration, you know, that was that two weeks two three weeks before i think when we closed everything down that's when we got to look at the schedules and we started to break things down into pools and go we don't have enough time we just didn't we just didn't have enough time and there's just there's not enough hours in the day like we would have had to start at like 6 a.m on saturday people would have died oh yeah it wouldn't have happened so it was it was it was taking, it was, again, we can sit and debate about the problem or we can make a decision and move forward. I, I say keep moving forward. Um, in fact, uh, Alicia Ellis asked, um, with the growth of Elite and the divisions being cut off for round robin, will there be a possibility of a four-day tournament now? Oh, man. 
I'd rather cut half the teams. <laughs> yeah, four days would be uh, pretty wild. People barely make it three. I've got so many photos of people passed out on the ground. Yeah, I wish I could say I'm not one of them, but it's just because I didn't play all divisions and I also got eliminated right away from co-ed. So I can't tell you, in, like, honestly, like, oh, I'm not sore. I'm in great shape. I, I probably would have been. Like, I felt... I think I rated myself like a six on a scale of, of one to 10 of being sore. Um, I can imagine though, if I got to play further in co-ed, did no sting, I'd, I'd probably still be hurting. Uh, but it's, like I said earlier, it's, it's a, it's a welcome pain. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of some changes and, and stuff that might be on the table, um, and I, I concur with Lizzie, um, Hoder, I hope I said her name right, but she said, I've heard rumors of co-ed changing to three women and three men per team as well as the ball type switch into no sting. I haven't heard that part, but do these rumors have any legitimacy? And if so, tell us about how it'll shake the fortunes of all. Let's stick with the first part. Is that is that gonna, is that up for discussion? Has that been decided? Is that something that we don't want to worry about until a couple months from now or? Uh, uh, so like I've had a couple people ask me about it. Uh, like I can tell you that I've given almost no brain power to either one of those. Just worry about that in a couple of months, weeks, maybe. Not now. Yeah, I mean, if we make that decision to to move forward, like for one, like the board needs to get together and decide like what we need to do. We need to talk about the future of every division. We need to talk about the not only the viability of each division, but also the execution of each division. Like I truly think we had too many teams this year. Um, you know, if, if we did something like a three and three, like you would basically have two times the amount of open teams in co-ed, because if each open team split in half to form two co-ed teams, you know, if you've got 15 co or 15 open teams, you then potentially have a minimum of 30 co-ed teams. Um, from a player perspective and a organizational perspective in terms of like what you want to see and equality and everything like that, you know, given women the, the, the say and platform that they deserve, like hundred percent makes sense. Uh, there's going to be like, like I said, it's been brought up to me, but I, we haven't, really spent any time discussing it because it wasn't it didn't need to be discussed this season like right. it wasn't happening this season and it wasn't happening for nationals so there was no reason to even talk about it so um uh it's a good question it's something that we'll have to look at i know if i keep it the way it is we'll get skewered if we change it we'll get skewered so we'll look forward to that yeah it kind of goes back to what you said uh our last conversation we talked about you know bringing cloth into the mix and just how every adjustment every new division requires a lot of thought process and so i totally understand what you what you mean when you say like you've dedicated or allocated no brain power to this because it's going to change more than what we think as players like oh just you know tack on you know three hours to to another day or whatever and, and we're good right it's it's not like yeah. that at all so totally understand 
So I can already tell this is going to be a pretty long episode. I'm, I'm totally fine with that. I can talk dodgeball with you till Saturday if, if need be. But uh, I did want to get to some of these questions. A lot of them were really good. And I think some of them could be, I don't want to say like rapid fire. But uh, let's just try to blitz through some of them real quick. Um, we'll start with Sergio Leone's question. That was, uh, what was the division you feel had the biggest shakeup and why? Oh, man, the biggest shakeup. Uh... Man, it's I would say open and women's. Why? Uh, uh, why because open? you had. I don't think anybody really put it to rise that they would win. I, I, I really don't. I think uh, Tyler Greer going down with his injury and having to have surgery. Uh, rise didn't win uh, an open division this year. And then coming back, and you know, I think Doom was basically on a either six or seven or eight round, almost like almost three years on the uh, winning streak. I think they're looking at fourth would have been this this year. Well, so Rise won the first one, Doom won the second. That's twenty fifteen. Uh, and then, no, no, it was Rise, Rise, Doom, Doom, and now Rise for the National Championship. Was it Rise, Rise? Yeah, Rise won the first two. Okay. The Because uh, I remember those years, I think Rise won the, 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 the regional and then won the national. And then the second year, Doom won the regional, but Rise won the national. Hmm. Okay. And then from there on, I'm pretty sure what happened was Doom swept, swept, and then swept this year. Would have been able to like I don't know if you want to call that like the the you know the triple crown or whatever. I was like the, the guys coming turkey. in and winning that with you know uh, you know the late addition of you know Chad Landrum because he played with them round three and then and this that and then like women's like. You have money shot wasn't even in the top four in the West. Uh, you know they they come back hot in the nationals. You know they won nationals last year, and then um, pop that who's always dominant. And then invasion like this is the second time where, uh, you know, they may have not done so well during the regular season, but came out and won the championship. They won it in in new orleans and again they've won it in uh you know in minneapolis and see money if money shot lost one last year that means pop that hasn't won since vegas it's 2015 then yeah so i'd say the the divisions that you know like were the most surprising open and women's yeah i was um I don't say shocked to see Rise take first. Um, I had a feeling with the addition of of Chris and Chad that it was gonna pay off in some form. So maybe top five. And then when they won, I was like, oh wow. Um, I had talked to, ironically, I talked to Tim earlier about their dynamics and how they had to make some quick adjustments um, to go from Chris and Chad are killing people. Tim, Serge, and Jim are, are closing. They're, they're kind of sweeping up the chaos, and they must have found that really good uh, balance to, to pull off uh, mm-hmm. an overall win, which is awesome. And then 
um, invasion. Uh, just looking at their lineup, I'm not, I'm not surprised that they they took it all. Um, that, that just might be me kind of, I don't say dismissing them for their talent, but I wasn't surprised there for me. For me, the biggest surprise was Space Cadets, and I think that oh, shocked a lot yeah, of people. That's a that's a great one. That's I think that's one of the better stories of the weekend of Space Cadets really plowing through. That was incredible to watch, and um, I, I hate to admit this, but like, so I just refed Fortune and uh, Notorious, and Notorious knocked out Fortune, and I saw. Space Cadets, who we as Grit 2 owed in Round Robin, so I was like, oh man, these, these guys probably aren't going to go past this. And they they did. And I was like, whoa. Like, Notorious looks like a bunch of like jacked, ripped dudes that are going to steamroll people, and they didn't. They just kept going, and it was, it was awesome. It was great being able to talk to Colin right after that win because he's like super jazzed up and just, I mean, it was really cool watching that happen for, for a team. And I think that was the biggest shakeup, uh, at least from from my perspective that that I saw. Yeah, no, it was it was like that was a good that was a feel good story that got buried in the <laughs> <laughs> in, all the, in the abyss of <laughs> of, of fun. Yeah, I was uh, I not that I trust but verify. So yeah, you're you right. 2015, Rise of Brutality took the national championship, and Doom took co-ed. So that's why I remembered something with Doom, but. Um, all right. So let's rapid fire. What do we got next? All right, that so, would be the, the most shocking moment. Yeah. So Abdul uh, Saeed asked, "What was the most shocking moment of nationals to you?" I guess moment. Oh, the most shocking moment. Um, I'd say the, the the most fun moment was watching All Stars. All Stars. Any moment in particular, or just seeing? The nation's best going after each other. It was the most shocking moment was uh, you know the the South feels disrespected and the South came out swinging. Yeah, South came out swinging in All Stars. It was good to see that, and it was good to see. I think they took seventh overall or uh, Outsiders. I think they top ten at least. Um, Yeah, Outsiders did great. Yeah, it was. For me, specific, uh, for me specifically, it was great watching that because I got to know them really well during all the recaps and, and during the team interviews. I was like, man, I hope these guys do really well. Um, and it looks like they did, and I think they 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 made a good statement with their showing uh, this year, and I hope that it continues, and I hope that it rubs off onto other Southern teams and they, they just uh, continue to build. And um, Abdul also asked, and just as a side question, what was your favorite game all weekend? So maybe one that you watched or one that you got to play in? Um, not counting all stars. Uh, I think my favorite game this weekend. Honestly, it's all blur. Uh, I just I really enjoyed pinch. Like I was a kid in the candy shop. I loved pinch division. Like there was a moment where we were just getting trucked, but like coming back and winning some games felt so good. Did you get to take some of that pent up rage and frustration and just unload on people? Or did you actually get to take a moment and not be not nearly enough. Not enough. <laughs> you need to have like a, a pinch tournament just for you that you can just unload on people and you don't have to do anything. No responsibilities, no this is just Stay tuned. Nice. <laughs> Perfect. Um Sergio asked, what was the most notable improvement about this Nationals that you noticed versus the past ones other than the venue? Venue was sick. Minnesota, Minneapolis is gorgeous. 
I'll admit that right off the bat, but um, most noticeable improvement that you can take away. I'd say the most notable improvement that I would say was people were getting to where they needed to be better than in years past. People were paying attention to their schedules. They could have been faster, but this year didn't involve me like hand-holding people to get where they need to be. Good. It's a a good start, good improvement. Um, Like, as a matter of fact, we had problems where like, you know, Pyan was was like taking charge of like courts one through three and making sure like games just started, started, started. And he got so far ahead. He started pulling teams from other, other pools, which stopped the other pools because they played so many, like we basically had to stop them and let the rest of the tournament catch up to them. So yeah, I think I would say that was the best the best change so pine's very efficient he's a he's a good court general because <laughs> i remember i remember that i remember like pine i think you're yelling at somebody like pine already finished his freaking pool already like what are you guys doing yeah. uh, it might have been you it might have been somebody else that sounds that sounds that sounds familiar yeah it, it was you i'll just fine <laughs> i was trying to excuse you for embracing the rage but i was like dang well good for pine we're still gonna no, everybody knows the rage flows through me. That's why I'm the biggie man. <laughs> Let it flow. Um, Colin Dowling, biggest surprise teams in each division. Um, and then Allen goes and adds region. Let's just stick with division. Try to keep this rapid fire. There's already a crazy um, thread going yeah, about states. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll go with Space Cadets. We'll go with, um, you know, like out, Outsiders and No Sting. We'll go with. Uh, Man, like I said, it's such a blur. And then the teams we've named before. Did uh did, did Panch or Titan surprise you at all? Just I out of curiosity. About where I thought it would. Gotcha. I, I I think there was a moment where I was like, yeah, they absolutely have the ability to to win it all. Um, I'm sure there's going to be a couple people who say it's my fault that they didn't win it all. Like I said, I got the immediate videos and you're blind and blah, blah, blah messages. Fun stuff. Um, uh, they were like a, an absolute force to be reckoned with. I, and I think it just it just came down to like that one match and there was a momentum shift. That's, that's all it was. I think, I think between Notorious that day, Dynasty – and Titan, they were all equal. It was just who kept the momentum, and when momentum started to shift, who tipped the scales? Like who, who put their foot on the gas, and who backed up on their heels? Right. Yeah, it it sucks, but it it's always kind of like a better word. It's funny when when somebody blames the entire match on one bad call. Like, yeah, it sucks. Yeah, it takes the wind out of your sails, but there's five other outs that took place that you didn't make up for, or as you said, you went back on your heels for. Yeah. Uh, I'll just leave it at that. Um, yeah, Sergio Lone asked, and I accidentally blacked this one out, but he asked, uh, your favorite matchup in each division Riot played? I'm going to assume Pinch. Um, you said already it was like just, it was blur of not enough joy for you to unload on people. No. I, <laughs> no, I don't. 
I don't remember. <laughs> Just a red rage. Um, Markel Stoked asked, what state produces the best players? And then Alan went on to add per capita. And I said, whatever the f*** that means. Uh, I'm just going to say Arizona. And you're going to agree. And that's that. So just moving on to the thread. We'll discuss that later. But uh, I did want to acknowledge Markel for, for producing that question. Um, I mean, it's the mecca of dodgeballs, California. Yeah, but every California team has an Arizona well, player. Hey, hey well, let's, <laughs> let's, let's go through this real quick. Oh, boy. I messed up. I should have said something. Oh, no, no, just, just real quick. All right. Five national championships crowned. They're all within 147 miles of each other. I would say name one team that does not have an Arizona player, though, on those championship teams, except for Doom. Uh, Doom doesn't have an Arizona I, player. I just said except for Doom. So, um, <laughs> well, Rise's first year didn't have Allen. Uh, did they, though? Uh, I'm pretty sure they had Billy and Casey. Dang it. All right. And I am. So uh, it was either one of those. Okay. So I would say there. Uh,. It, back in the day, if you had said which one, I would absolutely say Arizona. Back in the NDL days, all the good old days, because the the LA players weren't uh, up there yet. But like we brought up a ton of players to a high level where you guys already had players in those early NDL days. I would say like you know just look at the 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 double rampage team that you guys had uh, versus like we had syndicate and that was it um but we brought up we've got a, a much much we've got the largest pool of recreational players and as those players some of those you know the cream starts to rise to the top and they want to take you know that next step they jump in and then all of a sudden la has got the largest pool of players that are you know playing an elite I think Portland's got a good amount, but the problem with that is like, I really don't know outside of fortune downpour and, and rainbows, like what else is out there? Is it, is it just those people? Like how big are their, you know, their rec leagues? Like, you know, what's that per capita? Is, is that pretty much it up there? Like I, I couldn't tell you what the like, you know space looks like you know in the north like it's pretty easy because you can look at the colleges and say okay so this is what they've got this is what's graduating the south like you know they're still building so I'd, I'd say california right now and come at me like, <laughs> change well. my mind that's fair um because we feel the most teams like in terms of, of like top teams, uh, like I'm trying to think like who are the top four? Yeah, like I mean, Gridlock, Riot, Doom, Rise. Uh, I mean, Southern California is still Mecca right now. Fair. And until someone and, and until someone unthrones them, and like, look, even UDC. Only one team out of LA 
outside of LA has won, and that was um, <coughs> Team Awesome. Every other championship has been won by LA. You have good points, sir. I'll uh, I can see that for now. I, I'm sure someone's going to dive into this, and I'm sure there'll be like a 50 page rebuttal, and I'll get messages. Uh, it'll be a good uh, something to tide us over after Worlds is done with, just to keep our brains on dodgeball. Um, real quick, where's where's Billy live now? Is it like I'm pretty sure he's San Diego? Oh, he moved back. Ah, oh, dang it! Here's my argument. Whap, whap. Yeah. Oh well. Never mind. I was gonna say because I thought he lived in some like like Pennsylvania where there's like no dodgeball. He's the only person there, and I would have said, "Boom, Pennsylvania." There you go. Well, um, he was in like North Carolina or South Carolina. There you go. For <laughs> for a brief moment, South Carolina had the best dodgeball players per capita or whatever. That's true. That's funny. Um, Emilio Veliz uh, Jr. asks, "What was your best moment in Elite?" So, if you can step aside from all the, all the stress, yeah, like if you had one good moment, just you're just like, "Yes, I'm happy now." Oh, might have been the party last year, or I wonder if you meant this year. My, my bad. I meant like all of Elite Nationals for for this. All this of round. Elite. Oh, wait, this Nationals? Yeah, I think that's what he meant. Oh, man. Um, the best moment was post-mating foods to the pool. <laughs> was this uh, any the specific Friday night, or just night? Friday night. Yeah. Postmates is amazing. Um, Tim Wells asked about Pinch on the East Coast for a friend. Well, Tim you're in charge of the east i reached out to him I was like hey dude how about you just tell me so <laughs> we'll leave it at that <laughs> he can all oh, those players need to actually show up and play if they want pinch hmm. that's it fair enough um hopefully this doesn't dig into the weeds too much but sergio asks how close are we to a potential relegation system like in the premier league i don't know what that means Is so that just... close i can taste it what does it mean so, for example, in the Premiership League, there's, you know, like, think of it like there's an A and a B, an A level and a B level, it's, or even like the minor leagues and the major leagues, right? Right. So let's, let's talk about it in terms of, like, baseball. So if you've got a top 10, if you've got 10 teams in the A League, you've got 10 teams in the B League, at the end of the season, uh, you know, the, the bottom two – in the top league go down to the B league mm. and the top two from the bottom league get upgraded to the A league. Okay. So for example, like a famous one is, um, it was two, like two years ago, Leicester city, uh, was a bottom feeder in the, in the B league. There were literally nobodies and they had a good season and got put in the premiership league and then won the whole damn thing. So, I mean, I guess what you would say when it comes to dodgeball is, so we've got, we've got like, you know, the dooms and rises. They kind of like live in the, in the A spot. And so if you've got, logistics would need to be figured out how to do this. Um, but I think this is a good way to like kind of, clear up the cream of the crop and 
and you kind of like earn your way into the big show. And if you're in the bottom of the big show, you go back down to the, you know, qualification rounds, if you will. So you can stay hungry. Yeah. That's cool. I like that. She says so close you can taste it. I want it badly. Uh, make the board, make it so, because that would be that'd be really cool. Um, well, every time you really think about it, if we've got like, what, 20 teams in the West, you create an A and a B, and then you do like a qualifier. So that like, you've got to qualify to get into A League or the A tournament. And then, you know, if you got, you know, dead last or third to second to dead last, um, or the last three spots is an easier way of saying it, um, you get, you have to go back through qualifiers. And those top three teams, like, earn their way back into the, you know, A, A spots. But you still have a competitive B league that you can wreck or do well and you're not necessarily penalized with okay you can't play this season or you can't continue like you still have yeah, yeah i like that a lot actually that, that's there's something to be said about like when i was saying like 20 teams is too much you know in an, an ideal state would be 10 teams one basketball court that way around robin would take three hours elimination would take two that's five hours uh and then you could do you know that multiple divisions whereas like if you have 20 teams on that single basketball court would take over 12 hours to do so if you instead do two small tournaments instead of one big tournament maybe that's a way in yeah i hope that happens soon that'll, that'll be cool and um like you said, kind of help with some of the logistical aspects and you're saying we have too many teams, you got to cut some, but that could, that could be the solution, right? Not the problem. Uh-huh. Very cool. Um, Anna Wynn asked, and I think we might've covered it, but just to rapid fire this one, um, why is ranking determined based on game wins first? Why not base rankings on match wins first then game wins second? Well, because and- the way we do a best two out of three, like you get two points whether you win or not. Like, it was always, if you have a team get, we always looked at it from, if I win 2-0, like, that's impressive, I get my two points. If I lose 0-2, that doesn't look good on me. But if I at least took one, that shows I'm better than the zero. Right. So, you know, like, say there's not a team with a perfect record, right? If there's a if so doom let's say like doom's in one pool and rises another pool right so doom wins every game except for one and they lose that one two one and rise wins every game except for one and they lose that zero two you got to give that nod to the team that at least won one game off of the one they lost to. Right. That's why we always took it from the points rather than matches because the points are going to be the same as the matches anyways because it's still two for a win. Okay. I mean, that, that, that makes sense to me and that I like still awarding the team that managed to take one um, instead of getting blown out because it's... Yeah. 
is it is, is a way of to combine those two things into one because like the match win is the same as what we've we already do it's having adding that extra element in there to help even differentiate further gotcha and i think uh this might answer uh lucas's follow-up question is that is um has that been the method this whole time or has that evolved over the years it's actually been the method since day one so I figured I don't, I don't remember it being anything different. It's uh, yeah, it's uh, even from the very first Elite Eight when you would have been on Rampage, right? Close, I would have been. Yeah, no, you're right. I would have been on Rampage uh, for the Elite yeah. Eight because Rampage was still around. Yep. Um, that one, yeah, it's been that way since day one. Just because you know, like we come from the NDL where there would have been like, all right, here's ten minutes just round robin each other and how many times you won and pull names out of a hat. Oh God. Like we wanted to, A, we wanted to get rid of time. Time and, and time is an element in dodgeball I'm not a fan of. Um, we can go into that on the next podcast. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm already thinking like, oh man, I can't wait for that episode. It's gonna be fun. Oh, it's gonna be brutal. Um, so I needed a good way and like the two out of three creates an element of like always being able to complete a match. And it's, a, you know, it's that odd number. So you could, you can always separate things in terms of like the wins and losses. It's just, it just makes it so much easier. And it's, it's less beating up the worst team, you know? Yep. Just racking those points if you're playing against a crappy team, and I, I hate, I hate having to stop a game. What's up? It's dumb. It's a dumb yeah. way to do things. Makes no sense. Yeah, I hate uh, having to stop a, a match. Like I'm always like, let them fight. Like just let it, let it play out, man. It's gonna take exactly. three, five minutes tops, but let it, let it run like, its course. Who wants to watch a boxing match that goes through twelve rounds and no one gets knocked out? <sighs> I mean, I paid who, for. Who really goes? Oh boy. I can't wait to see the decision. No, you want to see someone plastered on the mat. Yeah, that's why I paid a lot of money for uh, that one guy that makes all the, the noise with his mouth. Um, Colin, the guy that went MMA to boxing. Oh, man, brain's failing me right now. Well, even in, even in MMA, like, who really wants to see that decision? Well, he took him down, like, five more times. It's like, no, someone needs to get submitted or someone needs to get knocked out. Yep. Nobody wants to see the split decision because what what's what's ultimately the, the thing that happens in, in a decision? It's like a People draw. will always complain, well, oh, yeah. that ref, yep. he scored that card wrong. Like all I can remember is the Pacquiao fight. And they just go, Oh, well, that was that was bullshit. And then there's inquiries and all that. like that's not how Dodgeball is supposed to get played. No. Yeah, it was McGregor against Mayweather. That's what it was. It feels like there a long time go. ago. That was terrible yep and i was like well you know what uh kudos to you guys for taking my money that's that's on me <laughs> but, exactly <laughs> now if someone had gotten knocked out imagine how amazing the the, the oh, following days would have been because that's, that's all you would have seen was someone laying down on the mat that's why i paid for it because we wanted someone to win we wanted boxing to win we wanted mma to win 
That, that, yeah. It was such and, a and, and honestly, dodgeball is the closest thing to those, and that's what people don't realize is that there's no other sport where your entire intention you're not there to score points, you're there to knock the other person out, eliminate the team, eliminate the team. Like it's not oh, how many goals did you score, touchdowns and or bases, and it's just yeah. it's it, it, when you introduce that element of time, it's just. You want to see that. You want to see someone win the game. You don't want to see someone wind the clock down. Which happens. Which happens in time matches, and it's it's terrible. Uh, so oh, frustrating. Yeah. I I get there's an added excitement element, yeah. but like, good lord, no one wants to see, like. I don't want to see someone sit in the back corner and block all day just because they're up three games with a minute left. I hate that. I'd rather see that place. team lose the next two games or, or, or like, you know, lose by two games by completing that third one. Anyways, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm going to requote. I'm slowing you down. <laughs> no, it's all good. I was going to requote a uh, guy from Godzilla, just let them fight. Like, this is how it's got to <laughs> be. <laughs> um, well, going back to taking money from people, um, Lucas asked, how can we get one of those sick elite baseball jerseys that the executive team was wearing? Or is that something like you earn? Wait, what is he talking about? You had the elite uh, baseball jersey that uh, looked pretty good. I have no clue what you guys are talking about. You're lying. <laughs> All right. All right. That- uh, that's, that's, that's the added element of like unobtainium. Because, you know, there's, there's just something that we've always got to do for our guys. Yeah. Because, like we said earlier, it's it's the most thankless job to stand there and get screamed and yelled at. And you know, there's there's people who who really love the sport, who really love the the brand and, and, and what we're doing. And you know, the imagine like the most passionate people about it are the people who are on the council, the people who are doing this for you guys and so like you know they're the biggest people who are the like you know the fans of it so that's a that's a thing where like you know we can't we can't pay them but what we can do is say here's a token of you know like my appreciation for everything that you do for the sport i'm going to give you something that everybody else ogles and says how can i get that backpack how can i get that shirt Brilliant. How can I get those? Whatever it is, that's good. I like that. That's uh, you have to earn they, it. They've so got to be given something that says like, "Hey, I'm official. Listen to me. I need your respect and your time." And then two, like, like I said, there's something that makes them feel special and say like, "This is something that no one else has." And no one else can get. Yeah. And if you want it, step up, help out. Maybe you'll get something next year, but not this one. Absolutely. Love it. Um, like the belt. That's the hardest thing for me to give away. The belt. I love that belt. And to give it away, like, oh, it hurts so much. Like, I want that belt. But, uh, like, that's something that two people have. Yeah, uh, the, I like I like the exclusivity and and the earning factor. Like, you have to earn it. That's it. 
Yeah. Simple as that. Um, Sigma Lucas, um, how did you feel about the live stream coverage and uh, what were priorities for Elite in the coverage? So the we've done like feature courts in the past and you know we had people complain like oh this is getting too much coverage oh that's getting too much coverage um it's an expensive thing it is literally the most expensive line item in the budget and it doesn't come close hmm. um our goal this year was you know last year we had you know the one feature cord in the corner and so this year it was kind of a decision to sacrifice the the feature court to be able to stream four cameras and get as much. So we streamed four cameras and then Nick factor and uh, brought in the fifth. Uh, nice. The goal was to at least try and get as many games as possible um, covered. And then, you know, when we did get to having the feature court, like that's on Saturday, that was the goal. So uh, I haven't seen any of the footage. Um, like I said, I've, I've kind of been avoiding everything dodgeball. Uh, so I haven't, I, haven't, I haven't seen the footage. I know Eric is an absolute professional. The guys in Mad City are great at what they do. So I'm easily sure that I know the footage is great and that we've got a mountain of it. And I know at some point someone's going to go through and tag like all the games that were on those courts and at what times, hopefully. So, um, yeah, the, the, the priority was to just showcase as many courts as possible. I, uh, even if it was a more bare bones rather than having the graphics and everything we've done in the years past. I took a photo of um, David Tates and I think Lucas commentator, maybe it was David Tates and Bill Fisher commentating because the setup was so professional and so like felt like, you know, I'm watching sports center. I'm watching like the panel right before football game. And the reason I snapped that photo was, it was just like, man, like I was here for the first elite West one back in 2013 with however many teams that showed up, we talked about this in the previous episode, and look at this now. Like This picture kind of, to me, symbolizes how far it's come, where you have people wearing sports caster headsets, we're streaming games, all kinds of crazy madness going on in the background. Like It was incredible. Mm -hmm. um, I just feel like it just ups the ante and, and everything and, and just makes everything that much better. But again, I'm, I'm coming looking at it from a different perspective. But um, I really do hope people do catalog that footage and people use that because and one of the things that... Of all the teams and players that I've interviewed, aside from practice and, and dedication and hard work, one of the biggest takeaways for teams to get better is to review footage. And people that have made significant improvements have said, we watch footage together as a team. And that, that is such an yeah. important resource. So I, I, mean, I, I would maybe throw down some money for, for some grit footage to see how we can improve. But um, if it's and, out there, I'm going to so find like, it. Like I said, I think on the last time we were on, like Ryan Haley on my team records every match and he goes through and he does the stats and he awesome. we're able to kind of look at it. And that's something that like over the year, like we progressively got better. Um, and we're able to kind of like break down other teams so that we have like a game plan going into it. And 
Again, having footage of a player that cheats, if you give me the footage, I can take care of it. So many so benefits. It's, it's, if, if, if every team were to film like their corner, if there was, you know, like a, even if like every team had two GoPros and they put it on a corner and the other team put two GoPros on, we'd have full coverage of all games, all matches from all angles. Like, can you imagine how honest players would have to be? Oh, so you remind me of something. When you were saying, this guy's a cheater, let's film him, let's get all up in his face, and, and there's a camera on me because people are so convinced that I'm going to cheat, I would really seriously think about who I am as a person to draw that much attention that people think I cheat so badly, they're dedicating a camera sure. to me. Exactly. So, I mean, if you remember the, you, you were at the very first Elite Eight, right? No, that was I'm the just, one in a small gym. It was just eight teams. Yeah. No, I, I missed that one. Oh, so I would have been on Rampage, but I missed that. So that was that was one where like I pulled in a bunch of favors. I uh, with a bunch of cameramen, and we had one, two, three, four, five, like six cameramen running around, and it was kind of a thing that we we talked about in the beginning of the tournament, and so we basically had a cameraman for each side of the court, hmm. and one in the middle, and. I said, guys, like this, there's going to be no chance to cheat here because if you cheat, one, you will get shamed. Two, we will post a video of the worst cheats, the highlights or whatever. And everybody was afraid of that. <laughs> and honestly, like I would love to see, and I, I don't want to do any kind of like the public witch hunt, but if every team like got on board, like even if you didn't have GoPro, but you get like the off-brand model because there's plenty of them. There are. Like, if there was four cameras on every corner, if there was four cameras, you know, one on each corner, like the likelihood of people cheating would be much less because like I said, we're going to have to drop the hammer on people. Yeah. And if they're not being honest, we will have the footage. We will drop the hammer. And, and there, there's got to be that element of like, Oh, well, I play to the whistle. Well, that's not good enough because if it's reviewed after the game and you were determined to be found cheating, like you will be you will be suspended. I can't stand hearing I play to the whistle like that. Uh yeah. I agree. I play Cameras. to the whistle is the number one way to let me know that you're probably a douche. Yeah, and that you're totally okay with cheating and not respecting the integrity of the sport. And that's that was where I was looking for like hours ago. It was, it was not the the essence. It was it's the integrity of the sport. Like if you can't be a, a person of integrity, I, I totally get if you think you're good because they're they're definitely close calls. And I've like, I mean, there's there's balls like may have hit my toe in the ground, and I look at the player. I'm like, did that hit me, man? Because I respect you as a player to let me know that that hit me. And sometimes it's yeah, that got you. I'm like, okay, I'm out. Or no, you're good. I'm like, okay, I'm good. Now I can play and, and, and feel good about myself. Like, and that's the hardest. The hardest thing is like, you know, as as someone who's like, I hate using the word commissioner. Like, as as the head, and still as a player, like, I have to be the most honest person in all of dodgeball because the second I don't take a shoelace, or like, you know, the strike of a match off the elbow, like. That's when shit will go absolutely out the window. Oh, yeah. Everything is done, gone. Exactly. So it's like, 
I take those close. I had one guy this uh, over the weekend be like, "Oh, I didn't think I hit you at all," and I was like, "Nah, you got me by like the the, the hair on the tip of my elbow." And he's like, "Why would you take that?" And I was like, "I have to because it freaking to hit me." Out. Like, you know, we like the council. Like, they've got to be they've got to be the people that set the example. Like, I know when you were on Team Evil back in. When we did the the last tournament, when we hit it, was it Tucson? Yeah, I think you, that one. Yeah, um, I mean, it happened. You, you did. Yeah, do it. so it was at <laughs> Tucson, and it was Team Evil versus Riot, <clears throat> and and it was Dave versus Mason, <laughs> and it yep. was shaping up to be an amazing battle. <sighs> yeah, and Dave stepped back, like. <laughs> just half a centimeter out of bounds and i'm along the back line the refs didn't see it the yeah. line judges didn't see it the players didn't see it the the people in the stands they didn't see it i stepped on the court and pulled dave off yeah i remember that that was and like everybody wanted to see that battle everybody wanted to see like Who's crazy? <laughs> Who's gonna do the crazier thing that's gonna win this? Yeah. Who's gonna like try and like ball up their shorts and throw it and like confuse the player into thinking it was a ball? Like who knows what would have happened in that match? But you know, like that's 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 the game. It's like we we gotta be the most honest and I have to like pull my players sometimes. Yeah. And then like this is how it works. It's the blessing and the curse. It's the integrity of the sport, man. That was, I mean, God, we wanted to see that, but you made the right choice. If, this, if you're going to have rules, you got to uphold them, and you can't make the exception no matter how badly that's the scenario wanted to be played out. God, that's yeah. funny. Oh, man, that was funny. I would pay right now to see Mason. I, I was just thinking, like, what, what would it take <laughs> to recreate that? Just, get, hey, Dave, Mason practice for a couple weeks and then just do this for <laughs> our sake please go at it. yeah just put two men one cage five balls <laughs> oh man that'd be a great event to watch uh, that would be pay-per-view no time limit who's crazy? and someone will get knocked out hopefully hopefully at least it would play out to the very end no matter what happened dave suicides yeah. mason point I blank. Think that's, that's literally the only time like what i love about mason is mason's the only person to have ever bitten someone in a dodgeball game i mean he bit me in the when i suicided him I, very first tournament you can't get within arm's distance like you, i know <laughs> i know i know so i've also never been suplexed at a tournament yeah, I've been uh, by some a few times. I'm like, dude, I'm your captain. Like, we, okay, so real, real quick, when we when we played with Team Evil as Mason, we equated it to, and you may get this reference, you may not, Lord of the Rings. When <laughs> the freaking when they're in the Mines of Moria, oh God, people are gonna think we lost it at this point. But <laughs> they bust out, they the orcs bust out with a troll, a cave troll, and the, and yeah. he's in chains, and you're like. <laughs> They bust out the cave troll. He starts wrecking people. He starts wrecking the party, <laughs> but he's killing his own men at the same time. Like that was the risk. Like, <laughs> we had a cave troll and that was Mason. And sometimes it worked to our benefit. It was beautiful. He would destroy people. And sometimes I would get by. So I'm like, dude, I'm your freaking tail. What are you doing to me? Like, stop it. <laughs> it's blazing saddles. Let's give him the Mongo. <laughs> Mongo just pawn in game of life. Yeah. God, that was the most profound, most profound moment of that whole movie. 
Oh, God. Oh, man. For people that don't know Mason, he was the catch him before catch him. If you can imagine catch him is more civilized of the two, that was Mason. Mason had just so much talent because, like, he threw faster between his legs and behind his back than I want to say 98% of people throw forward still. Yep. I just remember him snapping a ball so fast between his legs that, like, before you even had a chance to register that where was that release point? It was already hitting you in the face. Yep. Yeah. He was a, he, he's a freaking wild card. I got to, I'm going to text him after this, but like, dude, people are still talking about you. Get, get. Hey, I'll, I'll contact Dave. You contact Mason. Let's make this happen. In some For form, charity. something has to happen. For charity. San Diego's not that far. We can meet kind of halfway ish. Wait, is he in San Diego? No, I'm just, I like San Diego. Oh. It's five hours for us. All right. We'll make I, it happen. I'm speaking as if I'm still in Tucson. Um, all right. Well, that'll be a fun segue. Um, let's see if I can just get, because there's, there's ones, there's some pretty good ones that came up that I think might bleed into the OG discussion episode that we're kind of hinting yeah. towards. Uh, let me see if I can just pull one more good one. Um, we already talked about from Lucas, what was your favorite moment on the court or off the court? And that was your Postmates. <laughs> moment nobody bother me this is my food <laughs> leave me alone yeah. um yeah there's, there's some good ones that i just kind of want to maybe leave to the threads um let me see how we can make this and on a positive note and we'll start with sergio saying not a question but thank you for all that you did for the nationals to be a memorable experience for myself and all that you've done for the community as a whole I'm now inspired furthermore by the level displayed in other regions and look forward to 2019. And I was going to ask, um, is there anybody that you would thank? Um, cause as I said, you know, we're Facebook tagging people as, as they come to mind. I'm tagging like you, Vance, Glenn, I'm, I'm sure I left out people. You mentioned a call in stepping up. Are there people that kind of operate in the shadows that you want to blast or say thank you towards, um, kind of start there. Just any that might come to mind. Um, one I didn't get a chance to thank earlier was um, Jeremy Stevens in the South. Uh, we had a venue fall apart on us due to like double booking and like court schedules. And, and, and Jeremy like made himself available and he found us a great court that fit more courts than we anticipated. We were able to do four courts, which was a, a new thing in the South. Um, so Jeremy Stevens was not only awesome, but was able to like send him the nets and, and get all that stuff. And he handled all these logistics and he's just a super, super helpful guy, great guy. He was uh, walking around. I want to say he was on Rage this weekend okay. or man, I can't remember which team he was on. I'm pretty sure he was on Rage. Um, I could be absolutely wrong, so don't hold it against me. Uh, but Jeremy was fantastic. Um, enough cannot be said about the usual suspects like Jake Mason. Like nothing <laughs> – like we don't deserve him. We don't. I think – I can't remember who said it best, but someone was just like, yeah, like we, we don't deserve him. We don't. You guys don't deserve him. Was like, that Brennan taking her by any chance? Like we don't. And then Glenn and Vince, like they have got to put up with you guys and they've got to put up with me. Uh, like that's an, that's an element that 
they don't, you know, they've, they've got to go through is they've got to put up with me. And uh, I'm, I'm kind of a, a matter of a fact guy. And so sometimes like I rub people the wrong way. So, you know, thanks to those guys, um, Colin and Tony stepping in, Tony helped by going to the East round this year to help um, Tim Wells in his round three, which was going to be contentious because how crazy rounds of one and two were in the East that round three, it really came down to like any team could take the championship. And what we saw was goat come out on top anarchy come in second, the team that was like the runaway was brick squad ended up not even getting top three, I think. Um, so, you know, thanks to those guys. Thank you to, uh, you know, Kate Karen's helping out with, with everything she does. They're like a super big thank you belongs to uh, Amanda Ashley in the East Coast because she basically was just chugging through the women's division in the East. Um, uh, thanks to um, both Kathleen and Marie in the South, you know, I, I – uh, you know, they asked me at the end of last year, Boston, they're like, what's it going to take for us to get a women's division? And I said, well, it's going to take work on your part to get women for a women's division. It's like my job is to hold a tournament. Your job is to get people to like come and play. And so, you know, they went from having, you know, four teams of four to five teams of five and then six teams of six. And so, you know, those women deserve like a big round of applause for making a women's division happen. And then, you know, the girls in the North, we we're getting there. Like we just had our very first, that's uh, no, not our first actually, because we had ones way back in the day, but getting a women's division started on the North. So, you know, thank you to all the women who like, you know, I know my reputation with the women's division was very strained as, at best. I know uh, there was a lot of grumblings about Mark doesn't care about the women's division. Mark doesn't care about this or that. It's, you know, I, I wanted to make sure that they understood, like, I do care about it. I do want to like change that notion and, and, and do better about that and generally give them the spotlight they deserve. I, I'm the first one that went to UDC and said, absolutely you would be making a mistake if you don't have a women's division and it ended up being one of the most exciting things about UDC uh so you know big thanks to all those women who helped organize help run the tournaments because it's it's quite impossible to be able to like play run open and also run women's it's it's physically impossible so thank you to those women who were kind of behind the scenes and, and doing great work in terms of like making sure that happens. And I hope the women this year had fun. We had a great turnout. Um, other thank yous, Tim Poon is always like, you know, he's given us a great tool with the website and we have a great scheduling system. You know, it's all thanks to him doing work for free. Uh, and then, um, you know, uh, Brendan Techner, he won the bell for a reason. Uh, you know, this is not my full-time job. Like, I don't make any money off of it. It doesn't keep a roof over my head. You know, I have a wife. Uh, so Brendan Techner stepped in at a crucial moment where, you know, 
Vince has got job and kids and rec league and all that kind of stuff. And Glenn has got everything going on in his life. He's got job and friends and family and everything like he's got to take care of. And, and then, you know, myself, like things got in the way, like I'll be the first to admit that uh, balls were dropped this year. Um, Things got bigger than we anticipated. Uh, It got, it got, it got too big for us. It really did. And uh, in my mind, it, it absolutely showed in nationals this year. Uh, and you know, the, the poor people like Jake Mason that had to put up with it and, and kind of keep a stiff upper lip and keep his chin up. He did a great job of, and and did an amazing work. Uh, we have to like, you know, so that's where Brendan got the belt was, you know, in that moment where we're trying to keep track of like, who was a U.S. who is a USA member who's registered on a roster who is paid or not who is like any one of these things um Brendan came in and uh while it wasn't very visible he came in and he was helping me do all of that in spreadsheets and he was also doing you know helping formulate emails so we could chase down, you know, here's six emails you can send right now to these six people all written. All I had to do was copy paste and send to the people that needed to take a test or needed to register for USA dodgeball. So Brenda did so much work on the back end of it. that unfortunately nobody got to see and really give him the recognition that he truly deserved. So, um, those are the people that have really like stepped up in terms of, of, of helping out, you know, surge in, in, in the, in the West, like helping us secure the, the San Diego gym. I know everybody hates that gym now, but you know, surge does a lot in order to, so that we can have a place that's big enough for us. So those would be the big thank yous that I would, I would say, I'm sure I'm absolutely sure I've forgotten 50 people, but um, those you know, those who did help out, thank you for getting us through this 2018 season. This was definitely the most trying personally and professionally. It was a, uh, it was a very difficult, very difficult season. <laughs> <clears throat> this is definitely going to be a growing pains. And, um, that's awesome about Brandon. I had no idea. That's what he, I, I thought he was responsible for like securing venues and some administrative stuff, but not to that level. So, um, Oh yeah, what That's he was awesome. doing was was nothing short of just like it, it. I like I feel guilty the amount of work that he put in so that everybody was either confirmed or had taken ref tests and wow. making sure that we had everything that we needed. Uh, Brennan was absolutely key to the season finishing right. Very cool. Um, I kind of wanted to shout out Lucas for the stats, uh, those sheets, and um, I think it was Relina. Was she the one that like compiled the final standings for each team? Like I've never seen that before. That was awesome. And then obviously uh, Dominic for taking it upon himself to film 
I think like every single elite event and hopefully compiling what's going to be an amazing documentary that I think. Well, it's because the documentary is not just, it's not about elite. It's, it's, he followed so many aspects of it. He followed, you know, a team in each region for elite, but he's also followed people who went to go play the WDA. He followed the, the trials for the WBDF. And so, you know, I think, in my mind, it's going to be an overarching documentary about the sport of dodgeball. And hopefully it's not, you know, hopefully it's not broken into like, there's this side and this side and this side and that side and this side doesn't like this. And I hope that it's actually a celebration of the sport. That's what I'm hoping too. That moves it forward and says like, you know, so the person that goes see it in the theater or pulls it up on Netflix or whatever goes and says, huh, there is a whole other world here that I can get involved in and then have, you know, it'll be easy to find those tools to like, you know, through USA Dodgeball or whatever to find what they want to do. That's what I'm hoping for. Um, I know I put in the comments, like one of the things I think a lot of Dodgeball players has been hoping for craving is like a, a legitimately serious film exposure of some kind of Dodgeball. And I think he's he's the one that's going to make it happen. So... Well, he um, certainly got the footage. Yeah, she's got. As, 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 a, as a person who literally works in film, and my job is taking writers and massaging their work into something that's a cohesive story. Like he has a lot of work ahead of him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be awesome. Um, well, I think that's all I got. I mean, we we'll probably go on for another hour, so I kind of want to stop while we can before we I'm actually say sorry for your two and a half hour podcast. <laughs> Don't be, dude. Please, I I do not make any apology for the length. They'll go as long as I have to. Um, the only reason why I'm thinking thinking we should probably stop here is because a lot of stuff's going to bleed into the next one. And if that goes three hours, fine by me. Um, if people can't sit I will still, come out firing in that one, man. Yes, I. I want to say like this should be a gloves off, like no holds barred kind of deal. Uh, I have like a little agenda of some of the high level things that we should touch on. You have to bleep it because I noticed you like I felt bad this time. Like I've been swearing just because I'm still in that mind space. You uh you got me cussing too, so I think we're okay. All right, I think you're even. (laughs) I didn't know if you're trying to keep this like PG or anything because I know if you're like you know with with our old podcast we would swear and we didn't we didn't get dinged by Apple, so. I'm uh I'm pretty proud of the clean label that I got from Apple from iTunes. Um, Ooh. so I will defend that vigorously and got it. My bad. I feel like oh. there should have been a disclaimer. Like Mark, your your language and attitude is unacceptable. Lu- you're fine. Lucas so far has been the worst. That guy has a really? potty mouth. Oh yeah. I mean, you tell him not to do something, he will do it. It's like the the Lucas factor is what Alan said. Oh yeah. He said, "Wait, you're 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 not messing with me here." No, I think actually, you know what? Let me let me back up. So intentionally lucas had i think the most bleeps um in fact i had to t- change him to uh to shame bells from game of thrones because i had to make fun of it um yeah it was, it was and it was it was like he wasn't like swearing to, to you need to me. get me and lucas in a, <laughs> a, a in a podcast and just, have us just it just will make it sound like a symphony have a swear count just beep 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 <laughs> Yeah, I know it's all good. Um, I I think uh, bleeping stuff out is actually kind of funny too. So sometimes I'm like, oh, I get to bleep this one out. This is fun. So funny. no worries. Oh, 
I know I had a good section back there in the beginning, which would probably just be like, it's like what Mark actually said here was, I hate dodgeball right now. (laughs) It's not far from the truth. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, uh, Actually, we'll leave it on that. So do you hate dodgeball? After all has been done, I I see there's a lot of opportunities to improve, a lot of things that need to be done, a lot of evil you got to embrace, but uh, we didn't break it yet, did we? Do you want the real answer? <laughs> kind of threw myself out there, so let's hear it. A lot of time needs to be discussed about the future of the sport and the direction it's going to go, if the direction it's going to go. Um, this year was this year was pretty rough. I'll, uh, I was going to say, does the roughness um, overpower the positive? Because I, I imagine not all 500 people were like that. I imagine it's like maybe consolidated into like 10 to 15, 20 tops. Definitely more than 20. Wow. Um, but... In, in, in years past, there's always something super redeeming, you know, whether it's a wonderful moment at the party or, you know, uh, like a, an overflowing of, of, of gratitude or, or something that's happened in the past. And this year was basically let's punch them in the mouth and uh you know leave them wondering why that's that's what it felt like to us dang it was it was it was pretty bad this year i won't lie it was it was a lot if if i'm being truly honest with you i don't know if there was really a redeeming moment this weekend Uh, that's uh if that's how you feel that's totally I don't say acceptable. Um, definitely not the note I want to leave on. But like I, I, I'm, I'm hoping that bridges weren't burned with 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 people I work with. Wow, getting real. Um, that's good though. Like, because I, I again kind of preface this a little bit with I'm off in La La Land. Everything went really well for me. For me though, like I'm saying that as a very selfish person. I didn't see a lot of, I caught wind of, maybe witness little tidbits here and there, but I didn't see like the full barrage of beatings that you guys received. And so if this episode may seem negative or may seem like a venting session, this might actually have to be aired because of that reason. Because there's a lot of stuff that I think, even I still to this day, take for granted. Um, and so if that helps combat that in any way, if that helps turn the tide of, of where this is going and wakes people up, or just causes people to be that much more aware of what's going on because it's a detriment to the sport and the integrity of this thing that we all love, then I'm more than happy to have had that conversation with you and bring that out of you. So I appreciate the honesty. Thank you. Yeah, like I I mean, I hope people really thank Jake. I mean, as you said, like you, you feel like you didn't notice anything and that was that was on the back of Jake keeping everything running 
keeping everything on time, making sure we finish everything. That was um, taking things in stride. That was that was all Jake. I mean, if I take any credit of it, it's it's refing the last three games of pinch. <laughs> like whoop de doo. That did nothing. Yeah. Well. Yeah. So I mean a, a huge debt of gratitude needs to go to to Jake and and, and Brendan and I, everybody that helped out. And I, I want to leave on one last thing. Cause this is something that I've seen recently and maybe it's maybe it's just me in the way that like I operate uh, and, and the way like I kind of feel is I get a lot of, you know, like there's, there's people who always come up and like thank me for, for what I do. And, and, and like Glenn will be sitting right next to me or Vince will be right next to me and they thank me. And it's no, this is like absolutely a, a, an even share job you know glenn puts as much blood sweat and tears if not more than me you know on there and 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 so does vince and and you know tim wells like so it like maybe this is asking too much and maybe this is me being petulant like i would love to see those people who are truly grateful really spend the time to say thank you guys rather than thank me you know, I've seen myself get tagged in some posts, uh, but I don't see those guys tagged. And like, that's one thing that bothers me is because like, while like sometimes if you want to call me the face of it, like that's it. It's just the face. That's not where the work is coming from. So like really, you know, if, if you want to thank me, make sure you're thanking those guys at the same time. Yeah, for sure. Like for me, it's always just incredibly awkward to receive any kind of praise and watch those guys not get it. That's a good point. Um, and I, I just kind of recounting. I, I definitely see that happening in some of the posts, and I could I could see like I don't want to say it's just ignorance or, or perception, but maybe it's just not knowing. Because again, going to to Brendan Tickner. No idea he was responsible for yeah. that depth of, and that's like, I mean, how do you really? How do you blast that, right? How do you? Yeah, yeah, because he's he's not tooting yeah. his horn, saying, "Look what I did for everybody, I'm amazing." You know, say, thank me, and obviously that's what the awards are for. And maybe we need, maybe if we just shut up and and we're that's, quiet. That's kind of like what those gifts are for, like you know, the, the the baseball jerseys everybody likes. Like that's my way of telling them, like you're special to me, like. And that you like you will wear this, or people will see you with that and say like, oh, like he's one of the, the like the decision makers, and, and and like we want something like that. Like he's done something to earn that. Like that helps a little bit, but like you know, at, at the end of the day, like when the tournaments, like you know, don't 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 thank me. Like thank you know those guys or all of us together, but it's sometimes it's disheartening to see like when when someone comes and does say something you know like a big thank you and it's like they don't say anything to them and it's just it just feel it's terrible it's a terrible feeling yeah 
Well, for what it's worth, it's good of you to, to recognize that, and not absorb all that all that praise and 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 glory, and and be willing to well, share this it. This year with... was absorbing hate, so yeah, you took that part. Um, I'm talking about the. I'll, the good I'll stuff. take the hate all day. Don't don't hate on them. Like hate me. It's like I feed off That's of my it. My job is to take the hate. For sure. Um, all right, man. Well, like keep. I don't. I don't want to sound like a a promotion for the next episode, but I'm really looking forward to just saying effort let's just dive into this um like uh, for anyone that's listening and, and wants some more info just real quick uh joe colella i can never say his name never be able to Coella. I, I guess I, that's one i can't get acom right but anyway um he approached me in round one saying we should have a, a just a, a a chat about the good old days um because i think he was referencing when me and tillman's talked about like yeah, let's pack up five people in a van and pray for the best. Hopefully, there's gonna be a tournament. Say, but like, were those the good old days? Like, I, I, I'll, we'll, we'll save that for the time. We'll save yeah. that for the discussion. So, so th- that's exactly what it is. Like, <laughs> it's so easy to get sucked into that black hole of nostalgia oh, and good old days. Right, so that's. I'll let you finish. Yeah, I'll, sh- I'll shut up now. <laughs> just, just write it down. Save it for for next week. So that's what we're gonna be talking about. So when I say the OG panel, that that's essentially what we're going into. But I also want to incorporate since we'll have you on let's just talk about the NDL. Let's talk about the NDA and WDBF. Uh, I say NDA. Yeah, there was an NDA. <laughs> let's talk about the WDA and just see where that goes. So if anybody's interested and, and curious of what we actually had to go through to get to this point, to where I have yeah. my little old man gratitude post on that. On our- go through all the Grand Canyon State oh, games, yes. the NLA, the NDL, the, the, the LADS, the, the, the Tucson, the AZ dodgeball, the Phoenix dodgeball. Yes, let, let's. The Chick fil A tournaments, the dodgeball nation. We can get into that. Uh, it's going to be a good time. Oh, man. It's going to be a good gonna, time. We're going to gonna yank some skeletons out of the closet. Dust some mouth. All right. Well, you know, I think I've got you in a good mood, so we're going to end it there. If you're interested in being on that panel, have questions, uh, hit me up. Um, it's gonna be fun but uh if you started playing dodgeball after 2011 don't not apply yeah you're not allowed you don't you don't have a say you have to like 25 is is, or 2005 to 2007 this is where we want that's a sweet spot i think i think you go 2009 okay i'll I'll, that's fair because 2009 is where the shift happened and and anyways we'll we'll get to that that's gonna be fun all right man well we'll stop it there Alrighty. Well, I uh, wasn't expecting the conversation to have so much of a negative tone, but uh, as I said to Mark, if that's what needs to happen to have a true recap, especially from his point of view and his perspective and what he was exposed to, I'm totally okay with it. Um, The point of the episode obviously wasn't to bum people out if that's what happened, and I hope that's not the takeaway that you got from this, if, if there was one. I hope the takeaway is to just be more aware of what is going on around you. If you hear a teammate shouting, if you are one of those people that are shouting and you're contributing even in a small way from leaving a banana peel under the bench to flipping the ref off or, or yelling and, and you're just adding to that negativity, just, just try to stop. And I'm, I'm definitely more than guilty of this. I was a little pill in the uh, round three i was just a frustrated old man getting out on stupid things and i realized that like that's not me so i I try to stop but um, i can only speak for myself when i say things like hey try to watch out for your teammates try to watch out for your captains try to 
look out for anything that could damage the sport and where it's going. It is on such a great track right now from my old perspective of being a dodgeball player since 2005 and to, to see that there's a slight or maybe stronger than slight damage um, going towards it, it, it's really disheartening. And um, I really think that this episode might have served a different purpose than recounting the awesome events that took place. That's what the panel is going to be for. That's what the individual interviews are going to be for. So I'm totally okay with how this turned out. That all being said, um, definitely looking forward to talking to Mark again and just talking about those good old days and talking about what is truly at stake coming from people that have seen dodgeball evolve from the barnstorming days to what it is now. So I really hope that it's not just a bunch of old men yelling at kids. I just hope that it really shows uh, the development, progression, and growth and spirit of dodgeball and really helps uh, rejuvenate uh, some of the older guys. Uh, Mark, thank you so much for hopping on, uh, for giving me two and a half hours of your time. Again, I make no apology for the lengths of these episodes. They go on as long as they have to. So that being said, I'm just going to leave it at that. Anyway, if you're still listening, thank you so much for doing so. Thank you so much for submitting your questions. I didn't get to all of them. There's some that are going to carry over to the next episode with Mark um, outside of the Elite Recaps. But as always, uh, thank you for everything, guys. Hit me up if you have any questions, qualms, concerns. I'm an open book. At least I try to be. So on that note, have a great rest of your weekend and uh, have a good night. Oh man, keeping that, that is for sure going to be the opening. Um, Acom, 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 Acom. Gonna f*** it up, but all right. <clears throat> Let's just go in uh, three, two, one.